0: The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC PowerBox, wherever you go, go with power. Uh-huh.
1: Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am chugging along. I got a half a slice of old pizza, a big giant pot of French press. I'm babysitting a beautiful Rottweiler named Nala. It's a weird day today. It's the morning. We're going to bring another wonderful episode of the Bartender Rant Podcast for you today. But I have to say, I'm not my usual uh, zany self today. So maybe that'll come out as the show goes on, but uh, let me get a cup of Joe in me, people, and give me a little bit of a a long leash. That's a dog pun. All right, without further ado, because I really hate that entire intro, and generally myself, I would like to introduce you to my wonderful co-host today, who, who, believe it or not, was late, and usually that's my thing. So here is Michael Windsor.
0: Steven,
1: hi, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, buddy, you sound a lot more chipper than uh, most people do uh, when they've absolutely abused their body with drugs and alcohol and gone and seen a concert the night before. I mean, I know for me personally, I'm usually still passed out on my girlfriend's floor uh, you know, at this time the next morning, so.
0: Well, see, that's the trick, just don't have a girlfriend. Then you, ah, you, have, to, you have to make up other things as you go there. There it is. Um, so is that your segue for the what's new then? Is that what I'm taking? I mean,
1: sure. Why don't we just hop into it? Did I mention I, I, I really need to eat some pizza right now? So you, so, you start talking. You, unfortunately, you talk Unfortunately,
0: So because the very legitimate company that I work with is literally the sponsor for the show right now, I can't get into all the shenanigans. And just for the record, I have never done any drugs uh, at all ever in my entire life. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about giving up caffeine because it's a little it's a little heavy, guys. I mean, you know, you really need to... check that shit Um, but no we uh, went to uh, Bentonville uh, Arkansas last night to see run the jewels I was supposed to um, be in Fayetteville last night after the show and I woke up this morning in Rogers Arkansas my truck was still in Bentonville and then I had to get to Fayetteville yeah Um, because I know when I I know when I wake
1: up and I don't have my truck there were definitely no drugs or alcohol involved yep I know that's that's how it
0: usually goes for me too but uh, let me just say, Run the Jewels, fucking killed it. Big Boy opened up. Oh, my God. Uh, it I was an incredible show. I hate your guts. Incredible show. And let me tell you, the juxtaposition, because if you're familiar with Run the Jewels, you know, uh, the, a lot of their music is very centered on kind of the power dynamics of the world and, you know, what's at play right now. And to be in Bentonville, Arkansas, where that is the headquarters of Walmart. So to be in that area where there is so much money from a multinational corporation right there, um, they're multinational, right? Yeah, they they could buy a nation if they wanted to, yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just weird because a lot of their music is a little bit more of, you know, kind of <laughs> look at all them slave masters posing on your dollars, am I right? So it's just kind of interesting. It was, it was a weird show. It was a really, really great show. And uh, we had a great time, um, and I do want to say a quick thank you to Brandon, who we're going to introduce you to, because I did push the recording back in all my shenanigans this morning trying to get uh, things going. So he has been a trooper. Yes, um, and, and I we would. Went- you know what? Also, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I also want to give a shout out to my Uber driver Gil this morning oh, because God I was Christ. feeling kind of bad, and on the way here, he was just like, he was like. He's like, you are handsome and you have a great voice oh and you need God. to do this podcast. Oh I, I this. swear to God, shout this. out to Gil. Five stars. All right. Gil, the guy got me there. that Gil did his job this morning. All right. He did a great job. Five I'm sending stars. Gil a Gil. shut the fuck up Steve t-shirt because he's <laughs>
1: he's in the wrong army. And so, we got to We got to bring Gil over to the right Said, Honest to God, that's more. That's way more leeway than you deserve today. Also. Hitting me with juxtaposition at 11 o'clock in the morning. You think you're better than me? I swear to God, I'll drive to Kansas right now and slap the living shit out of you.
0: Well, you're going to have to drive further because I'm in fucking Arkansas. Fuck. So. That's a good
1: point. Hey, so m- maybe I can take a little quick pit stop at the body shop while I'm on my way. All right, um, <laughs> let's hop right into it, guys. I know that these intros have been a little long. We're going to tighten them up. So, as always, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. You make the show. We do this because you listen. Um, please, if you want to support us further, um, you want to get involved on social media, you want to come to one of the industry night, happy hours, you want to listen to the BRP playlist, get some sweet show merch, any of that stuff, listen at the end of the show. We have all the information that you could ever need, um, to support us, help us keep growing this wonderful community and interviewing bartenders from coast to coast. And before we get into the fun, remember, if you are struggling, please reach out to us. Um, you know we would love to hear from you in an email Uh, Mike and I are always here to talk now we're not professional counselors so that is why we put information at the end of the show if you are dealing with any substance abuse uh, mental health this is a really really tough business and it wears people down especially with how many hours people are working right now so um, you know please seek out those resources at the end of the show we'll have some helplines and additional support that you can seek out Um, Absolutely. I think that's about it, though. Right, Mike? Let's get right into it.
0: I do. But really quick, just because this is kind of a special episode, I do want to highlight, you know, really, this whole show is because of you, the listener, the person that is listening right now. I just said that. that I know. I know. But I'm just saying what has been really cool is because um, this collaboration with Chandler and Heard Card Game and Bartenders, this really honestly reignited my flame for this podcast because of the community that you you just see that the the service industry has a weird way with people that you, you, you kind of feel an instant bond with people, you know, regardless if they've been, you know, if they've gone through this. So I think re fighting that community is really, really, really cool. And I really love this, uh, that this is going to be the wrap up, you know, final, uh, recording with bartenders. So really excited for that. But This this show is all about you guys. And honestly, the gauntlet has been thrown down. What we want to do is we want to get the best stories on this podcast. So if you're a bartender and you think you can hack it, or if you know a good bartender, reach out to us, you know, we'd love to come to your city, but that's probably not in the works. But if we can do a a remote, you know, recording, we can make that work. Please, let's let's grow this together because it is so much fun and we're so excited to be a part of it. And Steve and I are going to keep it coming as best we can. And if
1: you're not a bartender, send us suggestions for bartenders. Now, we did promise Brandon that it would be a five minute intro. Okay, usually I'm the culprit for going over. But it's on you today. I love, though, that you share that with the people because I love to see your passion. It's real. That flame burning within you. It's almost as bright as the flame that burns within Gil's loins for, for you when you're in the oh, back seat girl. of his Uber. And I he, was in the front seat. Oh, yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> he offered, I he bet was you like, were you in the front, front seat? seat. No like, seatbelt in your head in his lap. I bet you were. <laughs> I bet you were. Did you even give him a tip? I mean, he gave you one. But um, that's not usually how Uber's supposed to work. All right, let's get right into it, guys. We have Brandon McDonald joining us today. Very excited to have the last of our bartender rant show hosts on with us today brandon is bringing the max Dackery. so we're gonna get right into that right now guys here is brandon mcdonald and the max deck brandon how are you today my
2: friend I'm doing good. It's it's early. I also have my enormous cup of my coffee God. with me. Cheers! They give me. the Cheers idea me right of now. giving Jeez. up uh, all the way up, all the way caffeine. Up. No, mm-hmm. no, sir. Yeah, I, I, this man's I, insane. I would say I would rather die, but I would just literally die. Um, <laughs> I'm fueled by hatred and caffeine, and if you take one of those away, the other one gets way out of whack. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> it's it's you know it's a balancing act. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's hatred, abounding. hatred,
0: <laughs> hatred! Caffeine and Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons. And, uh, I was
2: told that it's Dungeons and Dice Monsters. So yes, that I've got a. L- listen, your, your your boy kept receipts. I I get took it. notes. He kept. Receipts.
0: What is it called? Uh, Dungeons and Dice Monsters. I, uh,
2: What's it called?
1: Uh, sports ball? Does Derek <laughs> Jeter play football? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. We can do this both ways. You piece of shit. i uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say you guys saved the best for last, but I'm not gonna not say that you didn't save the best bartender for last. We'll we'll let the listeners decide.
1: We've already started off on the right foot. I love this already. Now, and listen, (laughs) I loved, I love Dale. I love John. I love Scott. But I'm going to come out and just say something right here. And I already get a different impression from you. Three of them, a little too polished. I don't feel dangerous when I'm around them, right? I have already felt... And maybe it's our bald brotherhood. Maybe that's what it. I was going to say polish was the, was the wrong <laughs> no, word to use. No, no. Polish on their personality but not on their dome. And that's probably what they were missing. And I'm really excited to get into this and, and, and cut it up. You know, usually I start the show with um, uh, by, by, like, verbally ogling Michael to try to get his ego up. And I usually say something about his Gil hair. Gil did that this morning. I said like, you didn't have even it. have to. Gil already <laughs> took care of that. Gil already took care of that. Now, Mike's got great hair. But notice, I did not do that today. You know why? Because this is this show. We're taking, we're putting the B in BRP podcast. It's now the Bald Rant Podcast today, my friends. <laughs> Let's do it. We are taking over. So Bald uh, Tender, there you go. The Bald Tender Podcast. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I'm very excited uh, to have you on the show, my friend, and uh, can, again wrap up this beautiful collaboration. Well, not wrap it up, but uh, finish our side of the collaboration with yeah, bartenders, absolutely. and then obviously in the future we're going to be coming on your show, but. Uh, Let's get right into it. I know you have this amazing drink for us today. I'm a huge, huge daiquiri fan because simple is key for me in all food and beverage, and the daiquiri is one of those just classic, simple, uh, perfectly balanced cocktails. So um, tell me a little bit about the Max Daiquiri, why you picked it, um, and then tell the people kind of how you make yours.
2: So it was a little bit tough for me to figure out what my signature was because I've been doing this for so long that I have quite a few drinks in my little black book and depending on what my mood is, you know, you drink something different. You don't always order the same thing when you go Mm -hmm. out. Um, But the Mac stack was the first thing that was named by somebody else for me. And when I was in Denver, I worked at a bar that had three Brandon's at it. So we all had nicknames and I was Big Mac. I was Mac. Um, The one I As you said, I love a daiquiri It's simple um, It's an easy skill tester to see if a bartender Is doing a good job because one Proportion, just one ingredient Out of whack and the whole drink Tastes like garbage um, Two I am an absolute fanboy for plantation rum and their pineapple is the best flavored expression of rum I've ever had in my life. It is fantastic. Looking, looking for those sponsorship dollars plantation. I know you can hear me. <laughs> <Here you> go. <laughs> um, and basically max that came about because I, I, I love tiki drinks. Um, I have a very sensitive palate to bitter and sour. I can't drink Negronis. Campari will make me throw up. I don't drink beer, unsweetened tea, black coffee. They all physically make me ill. Um, So I love the tiki variations of drinks, Jungle Birds notwithstanding. Um, And I love to play with the depth of flavor in rums, trying to get the most out of it. Um, And when I was out in Denver, I worked at a bar that used just barrels of falernum. And when you find the right one and orjots and whatnot, you can start drawing really interesting flavor notes out of a rum you thought you already knew the tasting profile for. Um, So basically I was just playing around and I made this drink and uh, one of my bars, people would come in. It was a... It was a bar that was around for two years that never changed its cocktail menu. And it was a super craft spot, really laid back environment. So the regulars would always just say, make me something like I want this or that. And so my sour or my slightly sweet um, cocktail turned out to be a daiquiri because one, it was fast. Two, I didn't have to put a lot of brain power into it because I had 50 people waiting on me. And three, I could sell it to you because I legitimately love this cocktail. Nice. And so the Max um, what is uh, two ounces of plantation pineapple, uh, one ounce of fresh pressed lime juice, uh, half an ounce of Taylor's Velvet Falernum, and half an ounce of simple syrup, and we're just gonna shake that, double strain it, serve it up. Uh, little little lime wheel if you're feeling fancy. Little flower perhaps if you want to like really draw that 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 tiki vibe out. Um, but just a really easy drinker. Not overly spiritous. It's not gonna like put you on your ass if you have two or three. Uh, compared to some of the other cocktails. Um, but this drink was special for me because it was the first time I went to another bar and someone served me my drink by my drink's name and didn't know who I was. That's oh, amazing. And That's So awesome. I went, I went to a bar. I, you know, you, you find your spots out in Denver and man, the dating scene is terrible for a bartender. Good Lord. Is it difficult? El Chapultepec. Um, but, uh, Oh, I'm very familiar. That's one, my spot, one, baby. One, <laughs> some, some live jazz music? Let's that go, baby. my spot. It smells <laughs> I, like piss
1: and vinegar in there. They only take and cash. And shame. Yes, and they shame. only take cash. They got the pool table in the other room and the band's right on the floor. I, I fucking say, love that place. I dude.
2: would say, you, you can't fake that one. You even said it right. And most people just, they, they look at that word and they're like, no, nope, um, fuck that. I don't baby, know how to say that word. When I
1: touched down at Denver <laughs> Denver International, I'm like running there. I mean, it's my favorite place in the, in the whole town. So, um,
2: so we'll we'll circle back to that because the proximity of my bars to that is much is very very close. We were probably in the same place at the same time a couple of this times. This is going
1: to be great because I don't know if you know this. We actually haven't said this yet. My home away from home is Denver,
2: and and for a lot I of know different that I know that,
1: yeah. for a lot of different reasons. And I will tell I will tell you why when we get into the show. But continue with, with the uh, cocktail recipe. So yeah, some, but somebody actually served you this drink?
2: I, I told them that I was a Daiquiri fan. Um, I So you take a date out, and I try to go to places where I don't know the bartenders. Right. Because I don't want them to make a big deal. This isn't a work trip. This is a date. I want the conversation to focus on our potentially budding relationship yeah, and man. not about what I exclusively and what I like. And feel like a setup, too. Like, if everybody's yeah. like,
1: oh, Brandon, what's going on, man? And yeah, she's like, like this,
2: the situational, this like, yeah. advantage. Like, oh, he took me where all his homies are. This is fucking weird. No, <laughs> so I, I went to a bar that I, I knew people that worked at, but I knew they weren't there that night. And they're like, oh, you like daiquiris? I just had this really awesome drink. And I'm like, dude, hit me with it. If it's some riff on a daiquiri, it, it, at worst case scenario, I'm going to chug it down. And I'm going to send it back, and I'm going to ask you for something else. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm not really sure why. They call this the max stack, but like here, and he was saying like max, like with an X. Like this is the, it's like maximum daiquiri. I'm like, you say max stack? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I'll take it. Let's go. And he made my drink. And I'm sitting there, and I'm Goofy grinning because I've never had someone serve me like a drink that I am responsible for, even that's if it's killer. just a little tiny yeah. tweak. But you used my fucking name, man. Yeah. And like the girl knew because she had been to one of my bars and she's like, Aren't you
0: Max? So all all your plans went out the window, right? Yeah. You're and, trying not yeah. to take her there and it's like, Oh yeah, those drinks named after me. Well, yeah. then I mean she thinks if she like
1: thinks that. that's a plant too. She's like, Hey, would you would you come in and tip this gal beforehand to to, <laughs> yeah. to recommend and it, the Max deck? And, and play dumb about it. Oh, it's Max with an X? Oh, yeah. oh it's ma- it's
2: Maximum backery. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that would have been a really sick setup. But it was just – <laughs> she was able to see that I was genuinely surprised by the situation. That's I cool. was tickled. Like, it's a really high praise where someone's there like, is. I like this drink. I, I asked how to make this drink. I learned how to make this because I dug it. And, I mean, let's be real. Original cocktails don't really exist anymore. Someone's done something mm. similar yeah, at some point, sure. And we just put our spin for on sure. it and we sell it. Um, Uh, it's, you feel
1: so proud when you find one. I have a recipe that I've used for years behind the bar that I do believe has never been recreated. And it actually is also a take on a daiquiri. It's called, I call it the quicker elixir fixer. And I give it to anybody that ever comes in with a hangover and it's an immediate cure. So we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in the episode, but I want to key in on something here for the listeners. I think a lot of people who are not big drinkers or at least big craft cocktail drinkers, they hear the word daiquiri and the first thing that they think is a frozen drink with whipped cream and a big glass and a goofy straw on the side of a beach and it's got an umbrella in it, and sure, is that a daiquiri? To some degree, yes, right? I would consider that more of just like a big tropical beachy frozen drink, right? Not truly the pure form of a daiquiri, but those are frozen daiquiris. The true recipe is the simple, simple um, ingredients of rum, lime, sugar. Rum, lime, sugar. Could not get simpler than that. We talked in the last episode with Scott about these uh, cocktails that are cousins, right? So things like uh, daiquiri and a gimlet look at each other in the mirror and they're doing the Spider-Man meme and one's gin, one's rum. And and so it is, uh, there's a lot of overlap, not just within bartenders making new cocktail, you know, making drinks and creating these cocktails over time, but also, um, regionally, the same drink being made, it's just what is the popular alcohol in that area. So, the simple daiquiri, just lime, rum, sugar. And, and the reason I bring this up is you actually said in your ingredients list that you double strain it. Can you explain to the people why you would need to double strain a daiquiri?
2: So I double strain because I like the mouthfeel of the liquid that I create when I, I, like I'm a hard shaker. I'm a big guy. I have very heavy tins. I beat the piss out of ice. Um, (laughs) There are some drinks where I don't double strain because I want that mouth feel. I want to chew on some ice. I want some texture in the drink. Yeah. This cocktail is going to emulsify that citrus a little bit. It's going to get a little bit thick. It's going to be a creamy cocktail. That falernum adds a little bit of body to the cocktail. And I really want that to shine. So if I double strain, I make sure there's nothing left in it, um... If you are fresh squeezing lime juice into it and you haven't strained that already, I also don't want any pulp in the cocktail. There it depending is. Depending on so yeah, that I wasn't was the big key that. I, I was wondering. I was them. like, "What did you ask me that for?" Well, oh, the reason the because reason I why, wasn't
1: specific. Yeah. And the reason why I set it up with uh, what people, a lot of people think a daiquiri is, because the idea of finding pulp in a frozen daiquiri would be just like foreign to someone. right? Oh yeah, that
2: would blow their brains out. Right, they'd be like, "What is this?"
1: Right, but a true daiquiri is because it's so much simpler, and because a lot of times you're going to work with a very, very fresh. Pulpy lime, you need that double straining process to again get the mouthfeel and consistency that you want at the final serving of that drink. And so you hit, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I just, uh, if anybody at home had not made a lot of cocktails or worked with the strainer, and it's true, totally. And we don't always, we don't do, I think, a good enough job on the show talking about the tools to prepare the drink. And so the double straining process might have caught some people off guard, and I just want to make sure they kind of key in on that. All right. So why don't you put together that drink? Um, uh, right now, and we will uh, all enjoy it, um, make a few of those, and then I am going to give a little bit of history on this cocktail. Now, in previous shows, we've talked, you know, we've kind of grazed the surface on the daiquiri. We definitely talked about how this is, you know, the official drink of Ernest Hemingway. The man drank it till he died. I mean, he he's the one that really popularized it internationally. Um, not just through his writing, but just through his legend. You know, that was his drink. Just like, um, you know, Frank Sinatra is buried with a bottle of Jack Daniels. You know, <laughs> these, these famous uh, personalities tie themselves to alcohol or to a cocktail and then it takes off. But I wanted to really talk about Velvet Falernum, which is uh, something that even if you're a seasoned bartender, you might have never heard of. Um I have only worked at one bar where we ever even used it. It was Bookmakers in, in Baltimore City, very high end craft cocktail bar. And, you know, it has a really interesting flavor. It is truly, um, in every sense of the word, a liqueur. It's going to be that sweet um, Barbadian liqueur, has some almonds, some cloves, some vanilla, a little bit of ginger, some lime. It's a complex type of liqueur that can actually vary brand to brand. So I don't know if anybody caught this, but when Brandon's describing his drink, he even, he even mentioned that when he got out to Denver, you got to find the one that you like. So we're going to be using Taylor today, if I'm not mistaken, um, which definitely has that richer, I don't know if I call it almondy, but I, I, at least for me, when I've worked with Taylor, I get that clove, definitely that clove flavor from it. Um, I almost like a brown sugary kind of thing sometimes, but um, yeah, definitely adds a little bit of that whole quality, you know, gives, gives the drink a lot more depth to it um, than just something that's going to have lime and sugar. So uh, I can see why you chose the pineapple rum as well, because uh, you know what works well with pineapple, vanilla, brown sugar, you know, um, amaretto, you know, it's the, those classic kind of like dark sugar cane flavors i um, really always go great with pineapple. So, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about just the, just some fun facts about velvet falernum, uh, that I found like a lot of other liqueurs, it is unique, but it can, you know, as you said, change the complexity of so many drinks and it really becomes the staple. So if you want to make a corn and oil, you want to make a chartreuse swizzle, you need this, Right. And, and you're not going to really be able to replicate it. Other drinks, you can make out with not having something if you can replicate it. Not going to happen when it comes to this flavor because it is so unique. Um, you know, it is Barbadian. It's been made for somewhere around like 100 to 150 years in its current um, recipe. Obviously, uh, you know, company to company have, have different kind of proportions and and flavor profiles. We're drinking the John D. Taylor today. Uh, I was looking up some of the pronunciation guides because I have always said Falernum, right? But apparently uh, the Barbadians pronounce it -um, Falernum, Falernum. And uh, that has something to do with the um, uh, accent in Barbados and how they actually pronounce it um, with their kind of Caribbean accent. There's also apparently a a fun joke uh, of the origins of this drink. If you're from Barbados, you may have heard this. Um, They say that the drink got the name because some stupid American tourist was down in Barbados and asked, hey, how do you make this delicious cocktail? Um, You know, uh, and specifically speaking about Velvet Falernum. um, This is this is so, so amazing. I've never had liquor that tastes like this before. And a local old uh, Barbadian uh, bartender basically says you have to learn it. You have to learn it. I can't tell you what it is. You have to learn it. But in the accent, he says, you have Falernum. And I guess that, you know, it's a kind of slang to say it as um. So the tourist thinks, okay, the name of this is Falernum. You know, what's in this? Falernum. And really the guy's saying, you're an idiot. You have to learn how to make it. I'm not going to tell you how to make it. I'm not going to tell you what's in it. So um, I thought that was kind of cool that – you know, maybe the way that this drink got its name was out of, uh, like making fun of a gringo, you know? <laughs>
2: Jesus. I
1: mean, but, the uh, best
2: <clears throat> ones always come from a joke somewhere. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, um,
1: that was a fun little history. Do we, uh, now that you've got that mixed up, let's all cheers our glasses, put one hey. in the air. If you're listening along, make sure you're drinking along.
0: Unless you're, like, driving or something, and then yeah. just, just listen along. And then, and then drink <laughs> along later. Have, De- have it
2: in your thermos, and then when you stop and put your <laughs> yes. car in park, then you can taste it. Delish.
1: I, I love how, how rich it is with um, how thin it, can, it, it stays, you know? Sometimes yeah. that, that rich quality is like – we talked about Filthy Manhattans last episode. I love them, but they're a little too silky for a hot day, you know? Something like oh, for this. Sure. You can sit by the pool. And and sip on a ninety degree day, and it's gonna treat you right.
2: And that was a bit of the the selling point for when I was at the bar. You know, we're bartenders are showmen. We're actors at all points in time. And the the reason was always, why'd you choose this drink? And for me, this drink is escapism. Um, and when I was out in Denver, I could be, you know, toes in the sand in a beach sipping on this daiquiri. So that that drink took me somewhere else for a little while so this is the absolute pool pounder put i mean we've put the, i put this thing in a five gallon glue and yeah, just right. done backstack <laughs> laybacks by the pool with whoever back, wanted to come back, over laybacks. and haybacks oh you yeah, gotta yeah. Make you gotta make, make your next beach time you do that you gotta make your next time,
0: drinks, time you so do that you nice. turn on the brp beach bar playlist yeah, yeah. You think of that <laughs> absolutely you, you like run the jewels so i think our music tastes are gonna coalesce somewhere in there so yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely
1: all right well let's jump right into it now that we have our drinks in hand and we're cruising along. The first thing we do, Brandon, is we put you through the service industry overview. We call it our in. You know, we are in the uh, restaurant business here. We're in the bar business. And so we don't really care about LinkedIn. We want to hear about your background in the service industry. So first, how did you first ever get into the
2: business? What was your first gig? So my first gig was I was a host at a sushi restaurant. And I was okay. a, yeah. And I, uh, so I worked at a nightclub that we didn't call it security. We called it hospitality. Um, we were too <laughs> nice to require bouncers, but we were always willing to extend hospitality to those who needed it, whatever form that <laughs> hospitality <laughs> came up uh, in. Right, right. So I kind of, I graduated college in 2009, um, right as the economy was collapsing. I have degrees in economics and finance. And in 2009, those were worth nothing. Yeah. And I refused to move back home or accept help from my parents. So I went out and got jobs. Um, so I worked at a sushi restaurant that was right around the corner from a nightclub. And I split my time. My my very first gig in the service industry was seating tables at a sushi restaurant and checking fake IDs at I, a nightclub. I got to be honest <laughs> with
1: you, um, not to hit you with a callback this early, but what a juxtaposition. Um, a host at a sushi restaurant... And a hospitality uh, enforcer at at a Forcer. nightclub. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you get to eat as much sushi as for free as you could?
2: Uh, generally, so the I mean, as we all know, you you keep certain people in certain restaurants happy, and there are ah, benefits that come along with I that. I am a professional networker at my core. I like to interact with people. So you figure out how to keep the sushi bar happy. The sushi bar. Accidentally made an extra roll, and they don't know what to do with. Um, or, you know, obviously, I was not a host for long, and I had, as I had more sway in the restaurant, I could do more things for them. And it's uh, always a little quid quo pro A little you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And it, the answer is yes. I have <laughs> consumed more sushi in my life, um, and then other types of food as you, as we go through my career chain, um, than most people have will ever consume um i, I love that and is this sushi
0: you. is this sushi place in florida is that is that the setting of this
2: yes this is gainesville okay. florida okay, gainesville cool, okay cool. I mike,
0: sorry, yeah i didn't know if it was denver sushi you know from one of colorado's many oceans yeah. <laughs> uh mike yeah.
1: quick question how is uh gill's uh creamy sashimi this morning
0: <laughs>
1: okay all right so brandon what is the extent of your service in your industry experience what are some of the other positions you've held
2: so I was general manager ultimately of that sushi restaurant. I was a uh, service manager slash floor manager of that nightclub in uh, Gainesville. Um, I opened a ramen shop in Gainesville. Really, um, very cool. Uh, and I was the I guess I was acting general manager there. The ownership there was it was a weird little setup. Uh, I have been bar manager for a couple of spots out in Denver. Um, and then a couple times I was just a bartender. I just needed a side gig. I needed something to sling and let my hair down and not <laughs> n- like sit, make myself go crazy. How um, love that you but you that. Yeah, yes. yeah. The bald jokes. Um, yes,
1: in your hippier days, right? Yeah, my my
2: hippier days. <laughs> That's right. Um, but this year is a uh, year seventeen in the service industry. Me too, dude. Forth. So yeah. Me too. Engine, what do you man. know? Seven. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Should we get matching tattoos? I mean,
2: yeah, absolutely. I just gotta find a spot to put it somewhere, but like, we'll we'll make it work. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We could just put yeah. it right on the top of the yeah. Just oh, right there on the go. Both have plenty
0: of real estate up there. The barcode with the
2: the the uh, airbender arrow coming down. There you go. Yeah. Yes, I love
1: airbender. it. Man. So, what about you? Year seventeen. Where are you now? What's your current bar or restaurant?
2: So I work for a pizza spot um, called Pizzanos here in St. Augustine, Florida, um, and truthfully, the bar is not the focus of the restaurant. And we can uh, there. There's a there's a pet peeve of mine that I won't expand too much here because I'm saving this one for uh, for the gauntlet. I, I I did I did my reps. I did some training, um, but my my skill set being utilized right now is floor management and people management and team building. Um, with the idea of in the future as corporate jobs, um, are created, the, this chain was made in Gainesville. I worked for the owner at a, at, a, at the, the social at Midtown, uh, where I first met John and his lovely wife, Jess, um, that owner, uh, financed a number of pizza restaurants. When I was in Gainesville, originally the, he had three, I'm running number 10, Um, and the game plan is for there to be 30 restaurants by 2030. Um, and then as that moves up, they need somebody who can handle beverages on a corporate level. And that, that is my intent, but I'm, I'm putting in the hours to, to play the, play the game of Thrones as it were. I, I dig
1: that. I'm kind of in a similar scenario as that right now, as far as, uh, you know, with a startup rapidly growing 20 locations and trying to kind of maneuver my way, Um, you know, up with that group. But, uh, right now in the human management business, you know, it's all, it's all trying to squeeze the most juice out of the team that I'm, I'm currently, uh, overseeing, which is always a tricky thing. You have to have big perspective when you're, you're strategizing for yourself, but you have to be hyper detailed in the day to day, which is a big, did you,
0: did you, did you fire that guy?
2: Oh, I've I've made some firings. I was firings. gonna ask that too. I made some yeah. firings. <laughs> and some hirings, which really excited say, like, um, like your, your John episode had, had somebody, you know, the, the Reaper was coming. Oh, the
1: Reaper has come and
2: gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I will tell you I will tell you it's a real juxtaposition between Shut that hyper de- <laughs> okay. Stop it. All right. Hey, thank you for giving us a little bit of background on your service industry experience. And I and I love that um, I love that you uh, you know, this is this has become a, a lifelong passion for you and you really see a route with this business. A lot of people never find that. So it's great that you have had kind of a really long relationship with them. And, and I'm excited um, to kind of see where this goes. If you're in St. Augustine, Florida, get to Paisano's. If you're visiting, get to Pisanos. Let's give them some love there.
0: Um, and before Steve just barrels right ahead. I want to hear now let's let's talk a little bit of D anD D. all hey, right so. i was actually
2: looking at my notes i was like i wonder when mike's gonna jump in and oh he's waiting question. he
0: just he just goes and goes and goes <laughs> he just doesn't know i'm just kidding i love you steve what a host the host with the most um yeah so dungeons and dragons so what brings us all together um hey. so why don't you tell us a little bit about your character uh in the game and uh also if you want to uh share the uh signature cocktail as well Yep.
2: Yeah, absolutely um, so I play a character uh who was originally known as uh Richter Vagron. Uh Dale dropped a little spoilerino for people who haven't listened all the way through, um, that he's actually uh Richter St. Umbra. Uh what that means, you'll have to listen to bartenders to find out. Ah, that's um, a
1: good tease there, Brando. No. <laughs> well done. Listen,
2: follow, subscribe, listen to all my friends. Um <laughs> Uh, Richter is an eight foot two bugbear. Um, he was a blood. Oh, oh,
0: oh, pump, pump, pump the brakes! Explain to people uh-huh. like Steve who don't play Dungeons and Dragons what a bugbear yeah. is.
2: So imagine a just your stereotypical like Harry Potter goblin uh, had a baby with a grizzly bear. <laughs> And it's it, blue fur, slightly like goblin, like pointy eyes, slightly pointy ears, like kind of menacing, like goblin facial features. That, by but, the way,
0: that that is sorry, go on.
2: Yeah, I was saying, but he's but he's like literally a fucking polar bear sized person and that, with that a goblin That is verbatim.
0: Face. That's verbatim out of the player's handbook. Yeah, I I, I'm this actually I'm actually
2: reading fifth edition the, right now. The
0: monster manual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So references Sorry, didn't harry to jump potter
2: in and, no no, no. <laughs> and i mean it's the only way to really like look at it because it, it's a it's an unusual combination of uh things but richter's huge even mm-hmm. amongst bugbears he's a full foot taller than most people um and he was a blood ball player which we have uh john and i for a uh pop-up a uh, little, little guest shift coming up. Uh, we actually developed what Blood ball actually is. So nice. coming I up here that. soon, you're going to actually uh, hear about Richter and his homies uh, playing some Blood ball. But nice. he got hurt, and he lost his uh, future as a professional athlete, and he went into um, his own version of Hospitality. Um, which that joke is certainly made in the podcast because that's where I am as a person, and you know, all, all I'm not the best at improving or role playing another person. Um, um,
0: I beg to differ. I've listened well, to the podcast, and well, you guys all do a wonderful job with all of your characters.
2: Well, I very much appreciate that. Uh, the first couple of episodes, I can definitely listen back and see how tentative and how unusual it was for me to speak from the mind of another person, but as we continued on, like there's something that happens that Scott's character, Oren does something. And me, Brandon actually physically got angry at Scott as Oren, because he was doing something real shitty and I couldn't do anything about it. And I was just like, you piece of shit. Like, it's not all, it's not in the recording. And I'm just like, I'm actually like, I'm like angrily, like grabbing my dice bag, like, fuck you, man. Um, but I mean we're having fun and that's the uh that's that's, that's the real intent of it. The idea hmm. behind Richter uh, like a, as John stated a little bit and Dale from his perspective um we were playing D&D because during the pandemic we had nothing to do. We hmm. were literally walking outside was a ticketable offense in Denver. Oh my um, god. So we figured out ways that like we could go hang out with each other. I would go over to see John and his uh, then fiance at the time, um, and a couple of guys, and we would just play board games or play D anD D or and be creative because as bartenders we are cr- enormously social creatures, yeah. um, professionally, and even if we are like introverted in our in our private lives, we we kind of fuel ourselves off of that interaction. Mm-hmm. So D anD D became our our escape from that. Um, and when we got here to St Augustine, uh, we started playing a game with Scott. Um, who worked with us at a bar called Oddbirds. And we were we, we were killing a, a bottle of uh, Midwinter's Dram and we're making these jokes about being bartenders and how funny it would be. And like, what if we played a monk who could summon extra arms and he could shake four cocktails yeah. at once? Yeah. <laughs> what if we're some cleric who likes to brew beers and stuff? And then we found out that there's another famous D&D podcast that actually had a guy who was a brewer, so we had to take it away. Interestingly, his name was Mac. And I was just like
3: right. I was
2: like, all, one, amazing, because those guys are all crazy talented, but it's like, well fuck you, man. I can't like you got my name and the thing that I was gonna, whatever. It's fine. We'll figure <laughs> something else. Let me out. tell
1: you something. It's not even an IP infringement if you own it, my friend. It is yeah, the no, government issued name right there. Yeah, but, uh, no, that's true as you're drinking that bottle of dram and this we've gotten kind of a similar story from Scott and from Dale, little did you know John's crazy is just turning wheels in his head. And he's like, I've got to do something about this.
2: I've got to do something about this. So the only thing I would correct there is at this point, I know how crazy John is. Okay. (laughs) And so, so no, no. Yeah. So I did, I think that he was going to legitimately, elevator pitch a national brand rep this podcast i did not did i know what he was doing when he pulled his notebook out at two o'clock in the morning and started writing shit down as we're playing i did um okay. okay yeah that 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 one i knew what was happening because i mean john john has a giggle about him and when he when he is pleased with something especially i mean you're going to hear John is the dad joke teller of the group. And so when he, when he tickles himself, everyone knows it. (laughs) And the jokes started getting really terrible and punny, but like you're seeing a lot of them in the podcast already. I did not think the speed with which he was going to drop this on a uh, brand ambassador uh, would would be what it was, but definitely surprised uh, Scott and I, I just have to say for Dale's episode, I don't think we ever used the word tryout or audition. That that felt really like that. That feels very structured and very like. I think,
1: he, like, felt, I, I think he did a good job to explain that because I think he felt like, yeah. man, I I appreciate this, but you want me to DM a show on wax? I think it was just daunting. Yeah. So the way yeah, to describe absolutely. that to a listener it felt for him like an interview or an audition. Um, but specifically not, not to harken back to John, when we were doing the episode with him, you can see, um, you know, some people just have this like light in their eyes when they get really passionate about something. Right. For me, it's like when I'm furious at Michael. Um, but you can, you could see when he's talking about it, he's like, Oh my God, I got to write this down. Oh my God, I got to write this down. You can see him literally like light up and his eyes get big and stuff like that. So I, 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 love that those moments of like inspiration you know, where it feels like you're moving almost at like at a hundred miles an hour. It's like, Oh, that's a great idea. Let's write that down. Let's add that, you know? So, um, I love those, uh, um, those stories about the kind of the epicenter of creativity, which has been the, for me, the coolest thing to learn about your guy's show is the origin story. I've yeah, loved yeah. that. I've loved yeah. that. That's birthed this whole entire universe, which is, which is so cool. And I've been really enjoying the show. Um, did were you going to tell us a little bit about your character's cocktail before we moved on uh
2: yes okay so interestingly uh john didn't realize so we all wrote our individual backstories for our characters and we shared it with dale and we were going to let our situations come up organically um john knew from our random chit chats that my last name was actually going to be Saint Umbra, um, but I was not necessarily going to go by that. He mm-hmm. puts in episode one. Gary, uh, the owner of the Tale and the Telling, the bar that we work at, um, comes in and asks for a drink, and I make Umbra Shadow. Well, that's a problem because Richter is on the lam, hiding from the Saint Umber Clan. Ooh. So, so spoiler alert, spo- spoiler alert, oh no! no. Um, <laughs> but so in episode one, we have this really weird thing where I have to harken back and be like, "Well, we did this one thing, and we had like a really cheeky name, even though like my murderous family is looking out for me, or looking for me, sort of thing." Um, so we base the Umber Shadow on what is likely my most Famous, super high air quotes uh, cocktail. I I won a couple of cocktail competitions with it, and it's a pretty uh, popular drink from the bars I worked at. No, in real life, um, okay. I speak no evil is the cocktail that I made. Um, umbra shadow is what we call it in the game, but okay. it was just easier to go with a cocktail that I actually was familiar with in case Dale wanted to um, be sassy back. I try to catch him on flavor notes things, and I I try to like. I the DM has the complete control to be assholes to a players. He controls the universe, but yes. he can't control what I say. Yes. so I can I can be like ah, oh, describe for me the the tasting notes of this special. Dale liquor. brought
0: this up in his. Yeah. I mean I know you know, but it, dude, because like it, my heart goes out to Dale because it is so difficult when you're dungeon uh, being the DM. And you're trying to, you know, you put all this work and preparation in, then you've got an asshole player like you that's like, well, tell me everything that's on the menu, all right? Yeah. Help, <laughs> what, help, what specials do they have today? Help me
2: understand this, please, <laughs> exactly. DM. Exactly. And he's just like, I mean, and the number of times he's going, oh, what? Somebody needs me. Gotta go. Like, and just, a, goes, <laughs> like a good
1: bartender or server, it's his job to arm you with information. So I'm glad you put the screws in him. That yeah. is, that is, you know, that is the expectation. Of a good DM and a good bartender. So tell us about the drink the speak no evil, a.k.a. the Umbra Shadow.
2: Yeah. So this is a old-fashioned style cocktail. Um, I'm an absolute uh, fanboy for Rittenhouse Rye. That is my go-to everyday driver uh,
1: whiskey. I'm telling you, we got to get you a bottle of Pikesville White Label Rye. I'm telling you. Oh,
2: I – I had Pikesville when I was out in Denver. I I sold it. Okay,
1: both classic Jewish-style rise, you know, and Rittenhouse, obviously, just up the road from us in Philly. But awesome, awesome drink. I just made a couple old fashions with it last night. Continue.
2: Yeah. Um, So this cocktail is actually a family history, a family tree for me. Um, Drambouille is Scottish. My last name is McDonald. Um, It actually comes from the Isle of Skye. Um, where the McDonald clan, my segment of the McDonald family comes from, nice. um, Benedictine is French. That's my mom's origins. Um, Rittenhouse rye. I'm the American whiskey in the cocktail. Um, and a little, uh, orange bitters and barrel age bitters because I'm a Florida boy. Um, so a little bit of vanilla simple syrup, just put a little bar spoon, um, just to kind of pull those flavors together. The sweet notes of the Benedictine and the drambuie, and that honey and Heather really come together to like create a backbone for the rye. Um, stir it, serve it on a big rock. Generally I'll, uh, use a flamed, uh, orange coin or smoke a glass or something. I like to be really theatrical with this cocktail just because it, it is a nostalgic drink and it is sentimental to me as a person, um. But yeah, just like a really easy drinking. The intent of this drink was to make a really heavy whiskey cocktail, not taste like a whiskey cocktail so someone like my mom um, could drink a cocktail and be like, well, I I just hate old fashions. They're too hard on me. Like, well, this one goes down dangerously smooth, um, but it also packs a wallop using a a bottled and bond uh, rye as opposed to something a little bit lighter. Yeah.
1: Not to mention that Benedictine will sneak up and get you. There's yeah, certain, it'll
2: it'll get you. There's
1: certain things. It doesn't matter what the alcohol content is in it. I and I'm pretty sure. Isn't that like thirty proof or uh, uh, sixty proof? It's not. I, a, I think
2: I think it might be. It, it's it's sneakier than people think it yeah, is. Yeah, it's not a
1: high alcohol content. It's more of like your classic liqueur. But I will tell you, I don't I, I don't anytime that's in a drink, I get fucked up. Maybe because it's so delicious, yeah. and I just keep <laughs> yeah. I just keep slugging them. But uh,
2: just crushing vodkas, waking up on yeah. the street.
1: <laughs> Oh man, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried for our trip down to Saint Augustine. I might not make it back. You, with you a, should be with a liver. Um, all it's right. Dangerous. Well, thank you for all of that wonderful expose, my friend. It was a great, uh, great to get, get a little bit of your, um, you know, your service industry experience, a little bit of Richter's service industry experience, and and some of the, um, some of the just cocktail knowledge that you have. I can clearly see that you have a real passion. Or the crafting process and i love that because it's something i'm very passionate about as well so um let's take a little bit of that foundation and now jump into the main meat and potatoes of the show the gauntlet and give uh your story a little more color are you ready my friend i am all right here we go without further ado it is the gauntlet <laughs> All right Brandon, welcome to the gauntlet. Good luck to you, my friend.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Question number 1, pet peeves and misconceptions. Tell us about your pet peeves for guests, servers, the restaurant business in general, or misconceptions people have.
2: So, I mean, my biggest pet peeve is when you are not kind to another person. I don't care if that's a guest or on the the back of house side behind closed doors. Just treat each other well. Um, twenty twenty was hard for service industry people. Um, those of us that stuck around or still here, e- either you're sickos or you don't have another alternative. And either way, we're 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 going through it. So we're fragile. When you're in, Just yeah, say we're, we're I, fragile. I mean, we're, we're fragile. Certainly more fragile than you think. Um, I mean, it, the I, I got a juxtaposition for you. Uh, moving <laughs> from Denver, Colorado. Uh, being downtown, I live two blocks from the Capitol building coming to Florida. I literally from one day went from being tear gassed in downtown Denver to not being able to get to work because there is a Donald Trump truck rally where they lined up, uh, these big ass trucks all the way down the highways in St. Augustine and parked their cars to, uh, promote uh donald trump in the upcoming election because i moved just before the 2020 elections um you're a glutton for pain aren't you (laughs) it's you know what i'm a sicko i wouldn't be here if i uh if i wasn't um but it's it's the people who are not tolerant of other people um are a really big deal to me uh being served a when you ask for a manhattan up get handed a martini glass and get And you tell your server I need you to serve this to me in a man's glass I I literally just want to throw the drink At you Like I just want to peg you with that glass
0: um, <laughs> a and like, do you think I, we I've shit heard that. I've heard that put before to me when I served a guy a martini. He didn't use. He didn't use that nice of phrasing. And I, no, I again, it's mine like, didn't you, either. Unfortunately, well, they they look ridiculous too because you gave them exactly what they ordered. Yeah, yeah. You, so they just look you, like an asshole.
2: Am I supposed to
1: shit glassware? Like, come on. Yeah. you know. I, yeah. What if, do you want? I, the other thing is, if I had the right glassware. And we were at a craft cocktail bar with the correct glassware. I would obviously serve it to you in that. But you've yeah. come to a, for example, pizza restaurant, and this is the nicest glass I have for this particular drink. You should be yeah. thanking me that it's not in a pint.
2: Yeah, if you want it up, I have one option for. It. I have two. I can put in a wine glass if you really want me to. I don't. That, know looks, if that's even more, like, that looks even yeah. worse, man. Looks even worse. I mean, my my favorite thing was, in um, some of my previous bars. Um, uh, shout out to Tatarian in Denver. That's a spot that next time you go back to Denver, uh, Steve, look at Tatarian. Okay. It's over um, on uh, 40, 44th over, yeah. uh, over in the Highlands. Um, I had a little more leeway in being able to deal with people who were very rude. I work at a very corporate job now and I just kind of have to suck it up and deal with people. But there, I had a little more leeway. And I had somebody tell one of my coworkers that, I mean, they were literally being served a daiquiri in a coupe, and the guy was like, "I am I need a drink that wasn't made for women. I need a I need a cocktail. I need it in a glass that wasn't made for women. Like it's interesting that you would say that, sir. Do you know the origins of the coupe glass? Because that's literally a breast yeah. that was designed to for a king to drink champagne out of a breast. If you think that there is there's that, anything, is that right? Is that really that's, the that's facts? No, that's one hundred percent. That is incredible. it was it, it's Marie Antoinette's breast as a glass because uh wow, I, I want to say it was Louis the 13th I uh, John's gonna get me on that because it, it's early for me and I still I I'm not awake I gotta all gotta
1: I gotta be honest with you I would have thought Louis would have been more of like a tits guy. I mean, the yeah. coop is more of an A cup. You'd think that would be more of like, you know, a big goblet, like a chalice of some
2: sort. But, uh, but apparently it is exactly Marie Antoinette's breast. Really? So she could be near him while he was drinking when she wasn't there. I That's love a, that. This, this is a real story. Or um, I historically accurate story rather.
1: Does that mean you should always double fist coupe glasses if you're drinking out of a coupe? No,
0: it means I you mean, should motorboat it before ah, you take a drink. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and and to watch people just like react to that like I it just <laughs> it gets me. Get 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 the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Um what's your the, first
1: image? Uh, what's the first image you think of when you think of a coupe glass? Cuz I can tell you mine uh, right now.
2: I mean, when I think image, I, I I go selfishly back to one of my first photo shoots where Max Dack got like professionally photographed. There you go. Um, there you and go. And so so there's a really beautiful, like, backlit coupe glass. So as soon as someone some, someone says coupe, that's just immediately wrong. You my go fingers. cocktail,
1: right? You go cocktail yeah. with the image. I go Great oh. Gatsby every single time.
0: Uh, I think yeah, when, that's I think a... the
1: first time I saw Robert Redford and the first party in Great Gatsby and he makes that entrance. And it, coupe glass in hand, and obviously Leo does the same thing in the recreation of Gatsby. Even oh, reading totally the book, they actually—I'm not—I'm almost certain about this. The glasses are actually described in the book as coop glass. So, yeah, to me, it's class, it's elegance, right? It has nothing to do with gender in any way. Yeah. But I, I have always seen it as a very, very kind of almost stately glass. Yeah, so
2: it's a, it's attention to detail and it's refinement and it's just. The right tool for the right job. Yeah. And basically um,
1: that guy is telling you, I'm not refined. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm an
2: idiot, and my, this first date is going to go terribly because yes. I have already told her See, that I am insecure. She, now
0: that's why you want to sometimes go to the place where you know the bartenders for that first date. So you don't <laughs> you don't have that, which, which I got to hand it to you, Brandon. I mean, I love that you go, uh, you know, give the ladies that, you know, you're not trying to get any of that unfair uh, advantage. So I think that's pretty cool. But how awesome is it to be able to drop that knowledge on him? I mean, that's such a specific, you know, education for that guy too. I oh, mean, yeah. that's just, and you can be so professional, like you're just edifying them, but really you're just bare here to the motherfucker, you know, with, with just your words.
2: I mean, you in the service industry, it's about killing them with kindness sometimes. Mm-hmm, that's right. And
0: sometimes the yeah, you, you,
2: there's a little acid underneath what I'm saying, but you couldn't ever actually prove that because I never stopped smiling, and my tone <laughs> has only changed just a little bit. And when you get the mm, actually, which is a absolute John Mateer signature, um, <laughs> actually, let me let me drop this one on you. Um, yeah, I, it, it's just sometimes you just need a reminder that sir, you're being an asshole and I don't appreciate it. And until you actually like cross a line, I can't kick you out. So instead I'm just going to make the social environment for you a little bit awkward. So maybe you can have the, like the wherewithal to realize maybe that's the type of shit I don't say out loud. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, and I, you know, I just, I love your, your pet peeve because that is in, you know, obviously service industry, you know, we've gone over this, you know, time and time again about how, you know, customers kind of have a little sense of entitlement. Blah 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 blah. But you know, this it's just treating people with just common decency. And yeah. I mean, that goes so far beyond just the service industry. I mean, the the person you got to talk to uh, about getting your credit card fucking bill fixed or whatever. Like, you know, I I even catch myself, you know, getting short with people you? from time to time. You yeah, and you know. I rant and I do my things, and I always try. If I do get, you know, if I am a little, you know, short or, or blunt with people, to be like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I know this is. Yeah, I, I'm just being an asshole, and I'm just venting. And you're the only person here that's going to take it." So, Brandon, um,
1: I I hope that this relationship goes deep enough that you one day get a Michael apology because a Michael apology is. Amazing. It's, oh my God. it's <laughs> frenetic and it's aggressive, and it usually goes, Steve, listen, I'm sorry. Here's how it is, okay? This, 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 but I'm sorry and I love you, and, blah, 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 blah. and then right back into whatever else needs to be accomplished. It's, it's um, moving it's, on. It's, moving it's like, on. Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm taking notes, man. I'm going to keep that right there. It's like there, a too. swift hit from a chancla.
1: Um <laughs> Right to the dumb. All right. Well, listen, tip your bartenders, but be nice to them too. And mm, your yeah. fellow guests and your fellow employees, please. We. We need a little more decency in this world. Can, considering can I actually? All you know, no, this is actually no, perfect. No, moving on. No, I'm just nope, kidding, no, no, no.
0: I was going to save this for the for the uh, question six, but this is perfect. I actually wrote this down. I w- I wanted to just give a quick shout out to the unsung hero, the Taco Bell employees at 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah. I just, I'm sorry. I I just I interacted with them last night, oh, and it did just. You? And no drugs just, and alcohol the, the involved. The with amount that. of people <laughs> no that they have to deal with at that, at that time and night—all these fucked up people, all the time getting fucked up, coming and ordering Taco Bell, not knowing what they're what they want—and them just, like, I just, I wanted to give them a shout out, especially to Christy and to Sean. Oh my! So I'm God. sorry, but this the unsung Taco—I'm just I'm the Taco Bell heroes, man. You,
1: man, you, Mike. Kill you, Gil, uh, uh, Christy, and Sean need to start your own oh, podcast. I tell you, Christy and Sean told, told me I was really handsome
0: really before love. we drove away, too. They gave me some fire sauce. They said, you didn't order that, but you need it. Unbelievable. But you need it.
2: Man, the, the voice of the little man, Mike Windsor. Check that out.
0: <laughs> well, there were a lot of people dealing with crazy Mike Windsor last night. All so right, <laughs> question
2: number two. Best uh, tips can... and worst tips. Tell us. Can I? Go ahead. Can I rewind? for Because I, I mentioned something earlier um, in uh, Pet Peeves. And I said I was going to save it for the gauntlet. Yeah, go ahead. Um, restaurants uh, that don't value their alcohol programs as a means of making money. Um, I had the opposite uh, situation of John in Denver. I worked for a upscale restaurant that happened to have a bar uh, that wasn't really utilized as a means of making money. John worked at a very famous bar that happened to sell food. Um, and when you don't have that balance in creating... I mean, knowing your identity is one thing, but vastly ignoring a huge part of your staff and kind of treating them like second-class citizens kind of sucks. And my current restaurant... I mean, I at, at some point, you can Google my restaurant's bar menu um, and just know that I had nothing to do with it. Uh <laughs> I mean, step one for making an old fashioned is place two cherries and a half an orange slice in the bottom of a glass and muddle with one pack of sugar, yeah. um, and that's a that's a real speck at the place that I work yeah. at right now.
1: You made it, and sorry, go ahead.
2: I would say, and and it's just a a really unfortunate thing that there's a lot of money being left on the table, but I can't convince my bosses at the moment that that's an actual means for the development of the restaurant financially as well as drawing in a new piece of customers that mm. maybe value a one good drink with dinner because I don't really offer good drinks. There's
1: a non-monetary value in the marketing alone and in Absolutely. the bartender interaction. To me, no matter how good the food or beverage is, if I don't have a rapport with who's serving me, I'm never coming back or I'm not coming back as often. And yeah. I have much better uh, relationship building experiences over a drink than over uh, food. Because always. because the food is in my mouth, I'm stuffing my mouth with it. It's not I can't always be talking. So, um, yeah. and and you you hit the nail on the head. You know we hearken on the show all the time, and I think I've just hit my quota on saying the word hearken uh, for this episode. <laughs> but about keeping things simple, know who you are, be that well, do that well, um, and and don't overdo it. But you know you you've, you've kind of shown the other side of that coin, which is uh, don't miss out on on another part of the business uh damn i had a particular point here i wanted to make um and and i'm losing my train of thought but specifically with not having the complimentary cocktail side of the business um
0: well and when you're when you're already serving the drinks anyway why not just do it well to, exactly. to just you just finish it out, you know you're already so close. Just just put that extra little touch on there and and give you know those other people what they may be looking for.
3: Absolutely.
1: Yeah,
2: and like you said, it doesn't have to. I don't have to light a scorpion bowl on fire for you to have a good bar experience at my restaurant. I can just serve you a good old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember that, what I. That's one of my...
1: Sorry to jump in. I remember what I was <laughs> no, going to say. I remember what I was going to say. You want to keep it simple, but you don't want to overthink the simplification. I have a great example. There is currently a restaurant in Baltimore. Here, it's I'm not going to say the name, but their slogan is authentic Mexican cuisine. Brand new, right? Beautiful mezcal menu, nice cocktails, food is good there, good atmosphere. They do not serve tacos at this restaurant. Let me repeat that. Authentic Mexican cuisine, they refuse to make a taco, okay? That is just like a bar and restaurant saying, eh, here's some drinks, you know? You can't, at some point, even keeping it simple, you can't half-ass it. So that was my only point. Anyway, we have let category one drag on, drag on here. And I know you got a lot of gauntlet left. So let's get into question number two. Best tips and worst tips. So these are monetary, non-monetary, but just tell us about some of the um,
2: tipping interactions you've had in your service industry career. So, um, Steve, you'll appreciate this. I interacted on a number of levels with quite a few Gainesville athletes um, at the University of Florida. Um, I I may or may not have uh, played a little bit of ball in Gainesville. I may or may not have spent times with people that you have heard of like Percy Harvin or Tim Tebow or Yikes. Aaron Hernandez or the entire offensive line for the 05, 06, 07 Gators. Oh, you're talking about um, the,
1: potentially the greatest college football team that uh, has ever lived. Is that, is that I, the team that
2: you're speaking of? I, I'm a very, very spoiled person to have uh, been in Gainesville at that point.
1: Chris, time. Chris Leak, the original biracial angel before
2: people <laughs> called Derek Jeter that. God, those green eyes. Yeah.
1: Oh, my Cr- God.
2: Cr- oh. Cr- Chris Leak, the old 12 gauge himself. Gatorade, um,
1: Gatorade, lime green colored eyes on that man. I don't Gatorade. even know how, how it's
2: possible. A uh, it, Yeah, just. Um, but a lot of them. Love to go out into clubs. And when my uh, sports days were done, because I'm a large human um, who is not a genetic anomaly like anybody who can play. Oh, like Dallas Baker, the
1: touchdown maker, the
2: (laughs) touchdown maker. Um, And those guys, those guys like to party. Oh, yeah. Those guys like to party. And uh, I I won't I won't say especially that team. Um, So those guys would come in. And I mean, they would come into my nightclub um, when I was in Gainesville, and you know, they would see me, hey, Brandon, and then we we take them around and open up the back door and you know take them to a VIP section where they don't have to walk through. Um, and the amount of money that those guys had at their disposal is unbelievable. Oh yeah, there are Olympian athletes that train in Gainesville. Um, there are some very famous swimmers who. Are are known to uh, be gators, um, whose whose names we won't say, um, but they were uh, wor- world class swimmers, and their sponsorship money is uh, unfathomable. And those guys would come in and they would put five thousand dollars in my hand and say, "Make sure we have a good time. Whatever's left at the end of the night is yours." Hot damn! <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah,
2: and that's just how the night started. It's <laughs> it's nine forty five. I've got five G's from one person going into the, my front pocket and said, whatever anybody asks for, if I give you the nod, give it to them. I want the section in the back. At the end of the night, what's left is yours. If we run through all of it, my money guy's behind me. Talk to him. Um, we'll get you taken care of. Yeah. And, I mean, I had nights where I made three months rent for wow. one night for just being a gopher for a bunch of, you know, 22-year-old, smoking hot blonde women and an army of dude bro athletes.
1: I've heard some stories uh, (laughs) and I've, I've seen firsthand where the duffel bag gets brought to the bar.
2: I, there are a few different reasons why you would have a duffel bag at a establishment that I worked at. And I have seen many of them.
1: Yep. Yep. Primary, primary reason is throw that paper in the air. But um, I do have to ask you since you dropped Percy Harvin's name, did you ever witness a Percy Harvin fight? Allegedly, I will say. Allegedly.
2: I never witnessed a Percy Harvin fight. Mm.
1: Okay. Just curious. I did, I did I, you know, the, the, obviously the reputation is he's a bit of a hothead. There's obviously been some other locker room incidents over the years.
2: I, I have heard those things, and there was certainly chatter about it. Um, I, I never witnessed. I was a glorified tackle dummy. I I, mean, oh. I
1: I i i i'm sure these uh, guys loved you man because you anytime uh anytime pro athletes go out in public or or i mean these guys basically are operating as pro athletes in gainesville you know it,
2: it's great i mean they're they're royalty yeah I they mean, are yeah, it I
1: must got. be great to be a florida gate is it i mean seriously it is uh <laughs> you're not wrong it is a it is a good life <laughs> for them down there but uh I'll tell you, you know, it feels like anytime athletes are out in that environment and they see regular sized people, it's like they almost like lean into it. Like, yeah, I'm an athlete and I'm way bigger than you. But when they come across somebody that's kind of their size, they almost turn back into like normal human beings again. So I'm sure they loved your ass. I'm sure they loved it.
2: So, um, Marcus Gilbert. Yeah. Um uh was the uh was an offensive lineman that played for us obviously. Remember. He went to the, he played for the Steelers for forever. Um Marcus Gilbert had a game that he liked to play. So for reference, I'm 6'2" 260. At the time, I was probably 6'2" 240 245-ish. Um Marcus would come into the club and he would get behind me and he would pick me up like a rag doll. And the game we played was <laughs> Where are we going, Brandon? And the answer is always, wherever you want to, Marcus. And he goes, that's right. And he would carry me to a bar, set me down, have me give the signal to the bartender for shots. They'd come over. We'd take the shots. I would get picked back up and I would go to another bar and I'd be set back down. And we would do that until he was satisfied or he was bored with the game.
1: I don't know. I don't know if there's enough alcohol to satisfy Marcus Gilbert. And, and I, I say that not knowing anything about his reputation, but just knowing how large that a is, that specimen man that guy is. He's colossal. Huge, huge. Um, I want to I, I,
0: I, I jump in really quick. And I just want to say, you know, I was worried about Steve at the beginning of this episode. I know he's been working. He's been stressed. But let me tell you, just getting to talk a little bit of football, just, I can just see how happy he is. He's just smiling again. He's just come back to life. So, so jump, I'm glad you got to bring that to the a episode. A dirty here. little
1: secret about me. Dirty little secret, and I rarely admit this, but I'm going to have to come out and say it now just because we have Brandon on the show, and I don't know if we're ever going to have a guest that's uh, as apropos for this conversation as Brandon, um, or uh, apropos is probably not the right term, but um, I uh, before I became a very proud West Virginia Mountaineer, Welcome. I was a huge, huge Florida Gators fan.
2: I was to you you knew a lot about enormous, that team for, to not be a fan. Enormous Florida Gators fan. Yeah.
1: I could probably still name to you the entire '05 uh, starting offense right now, which was terrifying. Um, you know, wh- I remember when Tebow, uh, as a freshman, was on that first championship team, and Leak was still the quarterback, and they just used him as a shotgun Tebow smash, a shotgun fullback, which was a was a fun. Tebow smash yeah the Tebow smash which was a ton of Tebo smash and the Tebo smash obviously gave way to one of the greatest plays in college football which is the jump pass and the jump pass never happens without the Tebow smash so when you nope. start when you t- when I heard you say you graduated in 09 and I already knew from high school I already knew that you were um, you know a Gainesville guy I was like oh shit Oh, shit. This is going to be – or college, you said. No, nine. Sorry. College, yeah, yeah. Um, I knew that this was going to be right in that cut. I was like, I wonder if we're going to go all fanboy on the blue and orange and green today because, uh,
2: you know, that was, my, that was my squad, man. I love that well, team. Well, I've got, a, I've got a real deep cut for you then, If the 05 offense. My suite um, in the athlete storm. University of Florida Springs, or at least it was at the time. Uh, my sweetmates, mates, you're to a room and you, you yeah. had a conjoining bathroom. Uh, Joe Kim Noah. Wow. And, a, there, here's your deep cup. Cause most people will know who this is. Seatric phase. Wow. So, oh my so God. those were my, those were my sweetmates. mates. And at the time we called Joe Kim Noah tall T cause you know, those yes. obscenely long shirts yes. that go down your ankles. Well, he wore them regularly oh, because his torso is so long. The tall, the plain white tall tee was just his normal T-shirt. So we're on the bus going to, like, the dining hall. And we're like, what's up, tall T? And he's like, hey. And it was just like, it, it, we, it, we didn't talk much, yeah. but... He, Those were the people um, on my floor. Just, just um,
1: the amount of like resting bitch face that is always on Joe Kim Noah's. Uh, oh, he's face. got that stank face. I would,
2: I would just, and I'm
1: a really friendly guy. I would assume that he hates me, you know, even from a distance. And I, I, it doesn't surprise me that he wasn't doing a lot of jabbing, even with his sweet mates. All right, before we move on, Mike, last couple sports ball things. I'm gonna get it out of my system. Two things that you need to know. About the University of Florida from 04 to 07, that you will be interested in. I promise you this, Michael. All right, number one, in that pan- span of time, they won two national championships in college football and two national championships in college basketball. And at the same time, very unsung, a lot of people don't talk about this, they also won two national championships in uh, gymnastics. They Dominated the fuck out of college sports during that period of time, and I just and, spit. And they, the, f-
2: f- and they lost <laughs> in the, and they lost in the finals of the college world series twice. Yes, they almost got incredible. the triple crown twice. Steve
0: uh, uh, got so excited he literally spit on camera. the camera, and he camera. had the white. I wish
1: we'd got, got a picture of that. That was kind of ridiculous. No, that was
0: disgusting. But now
1: they also led the nation in something else in college athletics during that period of time. Oh, I
2: don't know if I want to hear this one. Arrests.
1: Yeah. Okay, the football team alone, the football team alone in a two-year period of time had almost 60 different people arrested. That is insane. That is a crazy yeah. crazy crazy number, okay? That
0: Think about it. Well, we we know we know who might have been to blame for part of that at least.
1: Oh, the guy that turned oh. it out to be an actual murderer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, the guy. Oh, who... I thought he was playing me for the for the nightclub. For yeah, that's what there. I. Yeah. I thought he was playing me. Thank No, you no, up, no. no I, I was what like, was whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 not guilty. <laughs> not I don't guilty. think Brandon
1: <laughs> had anything to do with the general mel- mental health of a guy who murdered multiple people. Okay, oh, who wow. was on those teams? But well, I digress. Let's get back into the show. I could go all day about that era. We didn't even mention Urban Meyer. Yeah we didn't even get into that. But. I could go all day on that era of college football Is my it's I, where I truly fell in love with the game. But
2: I'll, I'll end on a teaser that we can either talk about off mic or you can have me back on. Um, I'm one of the few people who has seen Tim Tebow in a nightclub.
1: Oh, my God. You know what I think we need to do? That, that's, uh, boiler that, maker that tape. has Boilermaker tape written all yep. over it because I, yep. I thought he only went to Bible study. I was not aware I, that he actually <laughs> – did he go to save souls? Is that what he was doing? You know, <laughs> preaching in line? Uh, I
2: get – I guess we're gonna to have to listen oh, to the Boilermaker tapes and find out. You Go. are good
1: at this, my friend. You are good at this. <laughs> All right, Qu- question number three: worst drink orders. These can be drinks people have ordered from you. Um, Mike, I- expand the category because well, it's not—it's not just that.
0: But I think I think John on his episode really did kind of you know put that into perspective. We're re- really looking for cringe drinks. You know, when somebody orders something. You know, you're just going to pass a little bit of judgment, but it could also be, you know, drinks that you particularly hate to make or maybe like the worst drink that another bartender's ever made for you.
2: So I, as far as worst drinks to make, um, my bar in Denver, Tatarian, had a Ramos Gin Fizz on the menu um, and I would make them eight at a time. Uh, so, uh, as far as difficulty in drinks, I- I'm here to make my guest happy. Um, and anybody who says I refuse to make this, I refuse to make that, you're kind of a pretentious asshole bartender. Mm-hmm. You're Might lazy. Make too. your guest, yeah, make your guest happy. If you're, I mean, my that nightclub, we used to sell mojitos to 21 year old girls a dozen at a time, mm-hmm. and my barbacks would just be in the back muddling limes and mint in shakers ahead of time nice. so when they got ordered i could just put the appropriate liquor into it shake it and send it um, so anybody who says that you're you're an asshole um
0: yeah, he, he's calling out you lex that's who I'm, he's calling um, out right here
2: if you have ever said i, I refuse to make you know, this drink for asking. someone because it's difficult i'm calling you out because that's <laughs> just that that's not what we do that's not why we picked this profession um so, something similar to what John said, I you guys made me think of it when I was listening to John's episode. Uh the the worst drink I have been asked to make um was a dirty Stoli strawberry martini. Mm. And it didn't have anything muddled in it. So John's takes the cake on that one. Please, I But like this it was going. very specifically ordered. It was half and half. It was I was asked for a 50/50 olive brine stoley strawberry. No. And and I served it because I I, I I left the bar to talk to the guest to confirm that my 19-year-old server had written this down correctly, and she oh had, and I'm just like, okay. okay.
0: Am, am I hearing this right? So this is a dirty martini with vodka, but strawberry vodka? Am I hearing correct. this correct? That is
2: 100% That's correct. making and that's, my stomach turn right that's now. That's
0: how they ordered it.
2: That's how they ordered it, and I went to the table and confirmed it. And that's what they wanted. Did they want olives in it? Yeah. I actually oh. served it with a... I had fresh strawberries with the bar. I actually made a strawberry rose and an olive on a pig. Because if I was going to do it, I'm going to go all the was way this, the fuck what? out. Was this lady Love. pregnant?
0: No. That's a good question. I <laughs> but then no. again, she shouldn't be drinking if she is. So. Well,
2: that's not my place to say. Okay, there, okay, fair there's, enough. She should doing yeah. a lot of things, okay? You, you, yeah. can,
0: you can have a drink or two. I'm not but sure how you, the rules you, are. You do what you want. The I idea of a doctor, putting <laughs> strawberry and
1: brine together, you have to. You just have to ask what is going on with that person's Absolute just flavor palette.
2: Like my gag reflex is unhappy talking about
1: Ooh. it. Um, See, that is – thank you, Brandon. That is the true nature of this question that is what yeah. we're really talking about here. Um not the difficulty in drinks or the parts or how long it takes, you know. It's truly wow, this doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like and and it's not I'm not being subjective here. I think objectively strawberry and olive, olive brine, brine does not this work. This is not a thing. But, uh, and it's
2: not actually strawberry. It's synthetic strawberry. Ugh. It's strawberry vodka. Ugh. 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 To each their
1: own, um, but not not that one.
2: I can't I just can't. I can't abide that.
0: Gonna try it. and M- muddle the olives with it. I think would yeah, really you know, do it and, justice.
2: And that was a that was a trick I picked up listening to you guys that I hadn't actually considered before. So I might have to, you know, bu- bust that out and see what's going on. Muddle the
3: olives.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Muddle the olives. Uh,
2: other than that, I, I mean, the the things that makes me judge people are when you order a drink you don't like or you don't know what it is because you think you look cool doing yeah. it. Yeah. And you make adjustments to it that don't make sense. Had it had um, it literally
1: just happened last night. I had the two guys walk in, order Manhattans. One of their buddies goes, I'll have an old-fashioned. I say, okay, you know, go into my regular old-fashioned stuff. What, you know, how do you like yours? Do you, you know, we're talking bourbon or rye. Because I'm a very passionate old-fashioned drinker as well. And I love to make them. And he goes, you know what? I'll just have a Manhattan, actually. And I was like, you sure? I like, that's like all booze and i can make you a great one but are you sure that's really what you want um you could tell this guy was a bit of a novice drinker and he's like yeah yeah i give it to him and the look on his face when he took that first sip of the manhattan i was like man i'm telling you i'm telling you it's not the same you need something a little easier and i i tried to shade him that way but no he just had to look cool with his friends had to have the manhattan with his friends
2: yeah you had to do that thing and like you know, when, when guests make adjustments because they decide that a recipe isn't exactly what they want, but everything else seems okay. Like when people try to take the egg white out of the Ramos on my thing, I'm like, sir, I need you to understand that that drink just does not work without the egg It, just, it is literally not a drink It's a fizz. It's a gin fizz. It must have it. He's like, no, well, all the other ingredients sound really good. And like, I, I think it looks awesome, but I just don't want the egg. And I'm like, you have to, everything you're looking at is the egg. You have to right? order
1: something else. It's not the drink. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Like it, you, you must order something else. And the guy was so insistent that like I made it and he goes, well, why doesn't it look like hers? I'm like, no, cause that has, me. I, I, I mean, uh, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just like <laughs> looking at my coworker who's just like his well's like 10 feet from me and I'm just like. You want to handle this guy Somebody now? Somebody give me one, one like, of Marie no.
1: Antoinette's titties. I'm about to break it over this motherfucker's <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah,
2: I'm about to drop this guy. God, uh, Give me a titty glass. <laughs> All
1: right. Yeah, help me. Um, question number four, ultimate mistakes, fuck-ups. These
2: can be yours or your co-workers. So this one, the one that came to mind, it's a little bit number seven. It's a little bit number four. Um, at my restaurant in Denver – uh, we had our Ansel system popped four times under a month. Tell people what that is. Ansel system is a fire suppression system in professional kitchens that releases a chemical foam that extinguishes any fire in the area. It is exceptionally toxic and ruins a cooking space until a professional hazmat team can come in and clean your kitchen. And man. why you do laid we – You
0: that shit out right there. <laughs> Let me <laughs> tell you what. And why do we, and
2: why do we use them? We use them because if you have a grease fire or an oil fire in your kitchen, you will burn that motherfucker down. Because
1: grease fire. yeah, grease, grease, grease fire. fire.
0: <laughs> okay. I've got to say, I love the rapport that you guys have going. It's, it's, it is. It's, it's the it's the, the the bald tender. You guys, guys yeah. got to go and strong.
1: Brandon knows that the only thing that burns hotter than a
2: grease fire is napalm. That's pretty much it. And grease fire. Gah. So... So the, this kitchen was a split concept. It was a uh, high-end Western European, mostly French on one side. And it was a uh, fast casual uh, Asian street food on the other. And they had a shared kitchen. Talk about a I,
1: juxtaposition about right? it.
2: Juxtaposition. Literally two dining rooms running parallel, connecting in the kitchen. Um, and this person was using a giant wok to cook down some cauliflower. And if you've ever seen the burner under a walk, it looks like you took the back end of a, of a fighter jet. And it's just a massive cone of fire that goes straight up, heats things up incredibly fast. Well, she has the walk down and she has some grease and oil in it and she's cooking the stuff down, but she's letting the flame get too high. It triggers the automatic heat response oh. because that level of heat has now hit the fire suppression system. Bang. And this shit happened multiple times. It's like a $10,000 cleaning fee to get a professional team to come out. Everything it touches is wasted product. You can't be open because it is literally toxic to move anything through it. You have to immediately Um,
1: close the guests out who are eating because –
2: Everyone has to leave because your your air recirculation system is gonna pick up on the chemicals and that's not okay for people to dine in. You can't consume food if this is in the air. I got a great it fun, is a
1: nightmare. I got a great fun fact for you. So do you know why the cleaning fee is ten
2: grand? So you never do it again?
1: Um, you'd think so. I have a buddy who actually works for uh, Grease Monkeys, which is a grease cleaning hood vent service, and they obviously also do the cleaning anytime some of this uh, yeah. hazardous material yeah, puts out a fire. The reason that they do eight, nine, ten grand for that cleaning to reset the kitchen, refill the foam, all that stuff. He told me that the actual cost of the work is about a grand labor, all the cleaning supplies to reset and get it um, health and food safety uh, approved. The reason they charge so much is because they've actually done a cost benefit on the or, or a cost analysis on the average kitchen fire cost for a restaurant Mm. the average kitchen fire in america costs restaurants about 13 to 15 grand if it's just repair you know obviously insurance is taking care of some of that but that's the average cost and all they did is chop it right under that wow that's it. Wow. They're not That's even. I mean, it's not even really anything. You know, anything. There's no. Oh, we're gonna put a premium, and we have to make our margins. No, it's how much does it cost to repair when you burn your fucking kitchen down? Oh, 15 grand. Okay, cool. Here's your. We're just under that. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's what we're gonna so charge how, you to clean it.
0: How um how focused are you know does the spray come out because i mean does it i imagine it hits the chefs and the line cooks. it is
2: and, an absolute shower because when uh, one pops they all pop mm-hmm. If you've ever been in a professional kitchen you can see the like the sprinkler heads yeah. that are like every four feet down the they're line they're like
1: mm-hmm. when one, they like hang. Yeah. Down, they, it's not like a sprinkler that sits on the ceiling it's actually will hang down about four like i don't know what would you say three feet two feet something like that yeah out of the hood system and so, like, if you're a cook and you're on the line, you can reach up and touch it with your hand. It's right above Easily, you. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. Yeah.
2: Um, but it is a full, I mean, it is a surface, it is intended to cover as much surface as possible to prevent any spreading of fire. So, it's not like a jet came down. It is a, it is a absolutely just spread out as much as possible in that given area. So,
1: this is obviously category four. This is fuck-ups.
2: What happened? Oh, this, this is this a fuck up. It was because of of heat. It was because of fire. But
1: this is a colossal. And it sounds up. like mm. was it the same cook who did it multiple times?
2: She did it twice. Whoa. Oh wow! Come on, yeah, I Bless mean, she heart. had to
1: go after that one.
2: She did. Yeah. She was actually a uh, culinary uh, intern from a local culinary school. Mm. Yikes! It's rough. Yikes! Yeah.
1: We have a little bit of a question 10 in this one as well. It sounds like it thinks she she got 86 Uh, after that mistake. So, yeah. Um, all right. You're doing a great job. Question number five. And then we're going to do a little halftime break five health code violations. And as we always say, protect
0: the innocent and the guilty
2: and the guilty. Yeah. And unfortunately in this one, guilty is the answer. Um, (laughs) We're actually just uh, talking about this uh, at a local at a recent meeting uh, for upper management at my restaurant. Um, I worked at a spot in Gainesville once that was next to uh, a building that uh, went out of business and it sat unoccupied for a while. Um, and when people went in to fix up that property, um, anything that was living in that space decided to move to spaces. That were a little bit, you know, less under assault, let's say. (laughs) Um, And so I had a restaurant that was inundated by a flood of mice and rats. Wow. Yikes. Um, And at, at one point I was sitting, I was standing at a bar, I was running the floor, and a rat runs out of the kitchen, through the bar, takes a corner, and disappears down a drain, and full view of my full bar. Everyone saw it. And I'm just like looking at him, like I, I I really don't have anything to say here. You guys are very cognizant of what just happened. Um, <laughs> at, that point, you, just,
1: at that point, you have to like do some misdirection.
2: Look, it's an iguana. And then just yeah. like run away. <laughs> and so I was the, – the worst part about this is it was so bad. Um, you, you know, professional triple sinks are deep. Um, so we got to the point where we were baiting the bottom of the, of the rinse triple sink, the middle triple sink and putting like sticky traps and shit in the bottom of it. And knowing that if we got things to go into the middle sink, they could not get out of the middle sink cause it's too tall. You know, they, yeah. they weren't, they were not capable of exiting. So for about a month, um, the opening, uh, kitchen crew had to come in and, However, they deemed necessary, uh, empty the middle sink of rodents. And oh, at one drowned point, rodents.
1: Drowned red, drowned. um,
2: well, they weren't, see sticky traps float and they don't really work in water. So sometimes we would bait them in and drown them, or sometimes they would be stuck to sticky traps, or sometimes they would just be jumping in the sink in the yeah. morning and they needed to be eliminated one way or another,
0: um, and I want to jump in here really quick because I know that there are some animal lovers listening. And they're like, oh, drowning. Because I've, I've had to do this stuff. That, there's a similar thing you can do. There's a. With a uh, bucket. We've done it at the. Yeah, uh, a five gallon bucket. They make traps to lead them in there. And so people are like, the drowning's fucked up. I agree. It kind of sucks. But here's the thing in those tight spaces, when you trap multiple mice or rodents, a lot of the times what will happen is if, if you don't drown them, they will literally like eat each other. And it's it's kind of a worse way to go out than just drowning. So you know oh. it is what it is. You know, obviously, it's it, people don't want to wow. you know have to do it that way. But you, you got to kill those rodents. Obviously, you can't have them in your your uh, in your restaurant. So you're on fire yeah. today, dude. Are you just being an asshole, okay? You know, you, it, you make me so uh, self-conscious in the middle uh, of what I'm saying with your fucking <laughs> looks, and then I second-guess myself, and then I falter. Fuck you, Steve. Uh,
1: yeah, honestly, I God, I, I thought that was eloquently. Put, there's this, there's this
0: guy on YouTube. He, it's Mousetrap Monday, and he reviews every fucking mousetrap out there. It's incredible. And he was like, yeah, the drowning's fucked up, I know, but w- watch this video of this one, eat the other one, and tell me which one you'd prefer How do
1: you find time? You know how do because I've detail? had to deal with a fucking bunch of mice
0: before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What's the best way to take care of these guys?" Um, the YouTube rabbit hole. Did man. not <laughs> think
1: that we were going to get here. Did not think that yeah. we were going to get to uh, uh, building a better mousetrap today.
0: But well, that is it? modern problems <laughs> require modern solutions. That's right. That is certainly <laughs> certainly a health
1: code violation. No question about that. But I mean, if you're from Florida, especially South Florida, you know. That rat problem ain't no joke. I mean, the mm. Panthers been throwing rats on the ice for the better part of twenty five years, and that's not uh, that's not by accident. You guys have uh, you guys ha- are basically Australia when it comes to infestations Australia. of wild animals. You know, <laughs> crocodiles, oh. iguanas, lizards, rats, big spiders, all kinds Hythos. of crazy shit down there. So.
0: And I love. Floridians
2: are a species not designed to survive. Yep. <laughs> like we, we were never meant to live. We live outside the grace of God. <laughs> That's right.
3: That is.
0: Right. I, I love where you left this because the great little teaser of Florida. We're going to get back into some Florida man stuff here very shortly. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be right back with question number six of the gauntlet. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC Powerbox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC Powerbox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com to view our product line. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power.
1: Welcome back, family. Did you miss us? We missed you. It was a long, long halftime uh mike has an interesting setup right now he's not at his usual home base and he's got a lot going on with some uh f- some very joyous uh family things that he's celebrating or going to be celebrating so mike tell the people why our halftime took a little bit longer than usual
0: oh well my brother's here and um my brother and his uh my new sister-in-law are getting ready to leave for there. Uh, honeymoon uh, but anyway um i just wanted to give a quick shout out to rex and maria um they're letting me crash their place and use it as a mobile studio for the show uh so thank you guys so much and rex and maria fucking awesome some of my favorite people in the entire world um and want to give a quick shout out to rex effects that's R-E-X-A-F-F-E-C-T-S. So Rex so uh, rex uh, designs visuals for um like the visuals that go on at a, at a show behind the, the artist as the artist is, is performing um he does he's just started he got an exclusive uh, invitation to like GameStop NFT I'll, I'll get the collaboration information later but we're definitely going to shout him out and have his uh, link in the information but just big shout out to Rex and Maria thank you so much for letting us use your place love you guys
1: Oh, that was so sweet. That was wonderful. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get right back into it. Before we put you back into the gauntlet, Brandon, you're chopping it up like a seasoned samurai. Uh, I have one very important question for you.
2: Ranch or blue cheese? Ranch. Okay.
0: Oh, ranch. Okay. I'm a
2: ranch guy. Um, But I will add the caveat that good blue cheese. I worked at a French restaurant. And what Americans know as blue cheese and what the world knows as blue cheese are not the same. Vastly different. Um, So American blue cheese versus ranch. I'm a ranch guy. It's a little more subtle. Um, It doesn't really overpower things as much. I'm not going to lie. Hot wings and blue cheese, I'm here for. But if it's either or, I'm a ranch guy. But you eat both. Um,
1: You prefer ranch, I do eat both.
2: Correct. Okay. and when we were making our own blue cheese dressing from like really expensive, like we had a I swear to God, we had a cheesemonger, actual title, said it out loud. His name was Jack. And it was just the funniest setup. Like we're getting one, we're opened a restaurant or we opened this restaurant in Denver and he's explaining to us. He goes, I'm your cheese purveyor and cheesemonger, Jack. And I immediately looked around the room. And I was like, is anybody else going to make the the cheese guy's name is a type of cheese? Anybody.
3: <laughs> and for
2: five seconds, I just let the room hang. And then I was just like, no one's going to say it. I'll be the guy. That dude's name is Jack. He does cheese. This is fantastic. <laughs> you were born for this. Yes. And he was like, there's always one. And I'm like, I'll be that guy. Like, <laughs> I swear to God. I'm one. glad you were that guy. I'm no glad, no glad you were that guy. No one else was going to make the Jack joke. Like come on, man, we're going to pepper Jack with questions. Like, he's got the cheese information. Like, anything? <laughs> nothing? No? Fuck you guys. I'll be that guy. I'm the bartender. I'm the weird one. Let's go.
1: Yeah, he might as well um, have walked in and be like, all right, y'all, here's the deal. I'm Frankie Feta, okay? I'll be a yeah. cheese manga. You know, that kind of thing in some Brooklyn <laughs> accent. But, uh, um, no, you're absolutely but right. Fancy, fancy blue cheese. Good, good blue cheese ranch. is a very different animal. Um, I like that you like both, but you have your preference in ranch how do yep. you feel I, I assume because you like both you don't necessarily judge a strict blue cheese eater
2: no um i know i mean i've we you're in the industry for so long you get people with the weirdest proclivities and preferences mm. that it just it, it takes up too much mental space to judge on hey i don't like grapes cool i won't give you the thing with grapes in it like i mean it's just Judging people on their food preferences, I mean, I'm weird. I I don't like beer. It was like my dad's greatest sorrow that I couldn't like go home and crack open a cold one with the old man. But it just (laughs) it's not a me thing. And, like, you know, it, being misgendered at bars when they are like, putting the beer in front of me but the fruity cocktail in front of yeah, her. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, she's drinking the stout, and I will take the flowery drink because that's what I want. <laughs> I will. love the cocktails, you. yeah. Um, um, I, I
1: love cocktails. It also goes back to your uh, pet peeves and misconceptions. Let's just be nice, okay? Yeah. These Ranchelitas are not following Brandon's number one, number one pet peeve, which is just just be nice. Hey, nice. no, I, I don't need any judgment in my bar just cuz you want to be waterboarded with ranch? I don't need your judgments. So, all right. That makes me very happy. Yeah. Do you guys see this? Well, do you hear this? Uh, yet another, yet another ranch preferred eater that does not bring with them any prejudice or bias to the proceedings of Ranch versus Blue Cheese. And that's no, that's what we not. like. Want to see more of Now,
0: Before we get right back into the gauntlet, we do have another question, which is a little bit more unique to these last string episodes, which is it's the Florida man. We want to hear the Florida man. We want to hear your birthday Googled Florida man story here.
2: So mine hits particularly close to home because it literally Literally. happened at a restaurant within walking distance of my house in Gainesville. Uh, My Florida man uh, birthday thing is... A uh, Lachua County man breaks up with girlfriend by throwing live alligator through Taco Bell drive-thru window.
0: Yeah, there it is. And there's the Taco Bell reference, baby. Boom, right there. We're coming full beautiful, circle, baby. We're beautiful. Beautiful for it. <laughs> you know, I've heard they use cat meat, but gator meat. That's a
1: whole nother uh gator that's me- a whole nother ball game. I yeah. I would try a uh, gator taco. I
2: would. I oh, I've had gator tacos. Basically, yeah,
0: super good. Really? Oh, dude, oh, yeah. Gator Tail. Oh, my god, Gator Tail is fantastic, absolutely. Mm, I gotta get me down. There's, down a, there's another place, Gator Tail. I want to actually shout out because, uh, Steve, you're familiar with Tarks, right? Tarks of is like course. a seafood chain. So, the original Tarks is in Hollywood, Florida, and it's like this little, it's almost like a waffle house, but for seafood, it's like this little, like, hole in the wall spot. You go oh, in, sorry, and you see i the you're, whole sorry, I thought
1: you were talking about the Tarks in Baltimore, which is a
0: very yes. Mm. No, it, it Tarks. This is the original Tarks. It's a seafood chain, and this is the original one in Hollywood, Florida. I would if I'm not. Dis- I
1: would not describe Tarks as a Waffle House. It's in one of the richest neighborhoods in uh, it, in Baltimore this, County, and it's a high end wine bar.
0: Okay, well, I think we Tark's, have a different Tarks.
1: I think we're. Talking I'm about telling two. you
0: though, Tarks is a seafood chain, but the original one I'll is in Hollywood, Florida, and. Um, you just kind of derailed me. I don't me think there a they're associated
1: bit. with the one in Baltimore. Was right. and they had, no, they, they they they've got some delicious tail. gator tail there. Sure. Let me tell you sure. what: if you're in
0: Hollywood, Florida, check that spot I'll out. I'll tell you what: those just,
1: 0-4, 05, uh, you know, '06 uh, Florida Gator teams—they were getting a lot of gator tail. Oh yeah! Oh, there it kind is. kind of gator <laughs> tail. Literally,
2: just buried in it. <laughs> That's right. We're doing I mean, the it, shock jock <laughs> thing today, baby. Gator tail, gator tails. Um,
1: all right number six uh similar to the behavior that i'm displaying right now ratchet and crazy customers and we've expanded this category category can also be what michael
0: uh memorable customers so maybe there's just somebody that you know a customer that you're never going to forget about that you know has a special place in your heart they just kind of want to give a shout out to
2: so memorable customers um i have had the ability so Bartending, the upper echelons of what we do, um, is a thing called uh, Bar Smarts. Um, it's a one of the few things uh, programs that people allow you to actually get certifications and whatnot. It goes up to Bar Five Day, but once you pass Bar Smarts Level Two, you start getting put on lists to work high end events because it shows a command of knowledge and it puts you on people's radars. So I've had the uh. uh great pleasure uh and opportunity to go work some red carpet events um in california uh over the last couple of years so i got to work like an off uh, uh grammys uh event so some like tangential parties that happened after the event sort of thing nice. so i got to meet a lot of celebrities i got to deal with a lot of people um so always remember the like the super high level uh guests that you get to run across um one particular member one uh, uh chef Calicchio from uh top chef um there was a season in denver um and he sat at my bar under a false name nice but i know who he is and i was like chef how are you doing and he goes uh i think you have me mistaken for someone i'm uh my name is uh mr jackson whatever his fucking name his was pseudonym, yeah. and, and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and and he looks at me and he realizes that like I'm not gonna I'm a bartender. We deal in discretion. Yeah. Um but I bitch, I know who you are. <laughs> and, and, and 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 he has me, he goes, All right, I need you to make me a drink I've never had before. And that's a tall mm. ask for someone who is a world-class restaurateur and chef. And has literally walked the planet. Well,
1: and you keyed and, in him. you keyed in on him too. So now he oh, knows oh, and, and, that you and, and, know who he is, So okay, now there's yeah. an expectation there. So mm-hmm. so
2: we started playing the game. Um I made a Negroni sour for him. Okay. And um by playing around with just a little bit of uh the vermouth and adding just like a half ounce of uh lemon juice. You can make a really nice, frothy, creamy, yeah. strangely bitter, um, citrusy cocktail, um, and it, it blew his mind. He was like, "Truly, this is one of the better." Like I put people on the spot all the time. I know my effect on people, but this one was really awesome. Nice, and so that that felt good. You also, um, you also
1: really. Uh, I mean, it's not even going into the bag, but it was smart of you to use a, a super. I mean, the original cocktail, right? The super classic same recipe for 200 300 year negroni right yeah what a great decision to to use that as the foundation and then tweak it yeah he probably saw the you know he probably saw the homage in that like that too
2: yeah and so it was one of those things where you, you can't mess up a negroni really like truly it's equal parts so we got to play around with it um but the craziest customer i ever had uh is uh i won't go too far into detail because i could talk about this guy for a while um we had a, a a guy walk in with a very, at the time, it, it seemed to be very ornate walking stick. And he sits down at my sushi bar in Gainesville. And he tells us that he has spent the last 10 years in Japan. And he has come back to the United States to find the man who murdered his daughter. What? And he was some police officer or something in japan and he had been told that his daughter had been murdered and he has come back to the united states to track down the killer of his daughter and he is you know you say shit out loud bartender ears is a real thing if you don't know bartenders hear fucking everything if you say shit at a bar i heard you your bartender heard you whether or not they acknowledge you depends on how good they are at their job and how willing they are to tip their hand they heard what you were saying you have my undivided attention sir (laughs) you weren't even talking to me but i am all in on this thing and he's got a brain tumor and he's only got six months to live and he's doing this stuff and truly a baffling tale of things i feel like i'm
1: getting i feel like i'm at the beach and i'm six years old again and i just got hit by a wave and i came up from the surf and another one just hit me right in the face yeah, just <laughs> we gotta slow down here all right um a couple just ancillary questions right off the bat rat-a-tat-tat let's see if i could i'm just gonna put you through them i need an estimate on this man's age
2: Late fifties, early. So we're 60s. talking
1: like twenty-year-old daughter, twenty-five, prime of her life, murdered.
2: Makes makes sense that okay. he came to a college town. That okay. that at, on its
1: surface level checked. Now out. you did say he had a cane with him, but he had a cane. You know, retired cop, and only in his fifties. This guy had some, still some
2: fight left in him, right? Um, there, there's a special fact about the cane that hadn't got. Okay, to well yet. let's save that, but. Yeah. Well,
1: we'll
0: say that. I know what's inside the cane. This guy, you do. This guy, had a,
1: or, this guy had a little spirit left in him, though? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He had, he had, he had some spunk okay. in him. Um, all of this information that he's <laughs> unloading. My daughter was murdered. I'm here for vigilante justice, and I'm just stopping for a quick bite of sushi. Uh, I've got you know, six months to
0: live. I, yeah, Brain
1: tumor, all of this information. Is he sharing this with you on, like, the first interaction?
0: More importantly, is he sharing this with Netflix? Because this needs to just yeah. be its own <laughs> little series a here. Is <laughs> it the first time um, he's come in
1: that he's telling you all this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the first How time he's ever been in long into the interaction? I'm talking, like, obviously we have, okay, you know, let's get him drinks within five minutes of sitting down. When do we sure. get to the brain tumor vigilante justice? I'm the Japanese Batman part of the
2: story. S- so, the story probably began at Hot Saki Carafe 2. Okay. Um, which, which we'll, we'll put that'll it at open, like... That'll
1: crack a man open, for sure.
2: 25 minutes. Okay. Um, the brain tumor was probably Hot Saki Carafe 4. Okay, so he was... Which was, was probably... He, he 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 tucked in for the night. He was he was blowing off steam. He probably spent two and a half hours in my room. So, restaurant. this is the part of the movie...
1: Where, you know, this is right before we get into the crescendo to the climax where our main character is having that having that moment of reckoning and they're drinking themselves into oblivion, reliving their despair. And he's doing it at your table.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If if okay. this was an actual movie, okay. he steps outside and sees his target drive yes. by. like that would that that's the part of the movie where like he makes eye contact yes. with his target. and it for the starts first to time. rain, and it's a slow yeah. and, motion. and, and he knows, and, and, and maybe and he knows that he's he's there. Yes,
1: and maybe even the target like recognizes him and gives him a wry smile, like fucker, you're never gonna get to me,
2: like that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, a little, little, little bit of like, Ooh. come get some. And is
1: in the is the target. Target in, like, an armored SUV with multiple other SUVs in front and behind him. And it's like, oh, how are we going to take this guy down?
2: Either that or just, like, an incredibly ostentatious sports yes. car that's just, like, wildly just flamboyant and yes. just loud. Just <laughs> Ferrari going down the streets of Gainesville, right. Florida. Forget
1: Batman. I'm getting way more John Wick vibes now. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> this feels John Wick. All right. So, yeah. so he's pounding... He's pounding carafes of yep. uh, of uh, sake. He's the shittiest sake he's we He's just letting it all out. And yep. and wh- what is going on with this cane?
2: So he keeps fiddling with it. It's down on his side. So he's sitting at a at a high back stool at the sushi bar, and he's just like, "This is the instrument by which I get my vengeance." <laughs> And Jesus he's Christ. telling us that there's a sword in his cane. Oh. Clearly, Mike, Mike got there already. Now it's a Tarantino this was movie. His weapon. Forget about yeah, John I know. Rapp- I've
0: been thinking Tarantino. Yep. This is a Tarantino movie. Yeah, yep. he's
2: he's like this. He's like, I will not rest until I disembowel the murderer of my daughter. So at this point, I'm the manager. I'm not the bartender, but like, I'm I'm walking around. I have a absolute dude bro bartender who is losing his shit listening to this guy. He just like we have the the building's basically closing. It's empty. The whole fucking staff is just like he, propped up listening like fuck closing. Oh, 100%. The, the, we flipped the sign. 100%. We're not closing right now. I Sir, continue talking. Our <laughs> hours
1: on Google mean nothing. My personal life <laughs> means nothing.
2: Oh. But he actually extended into closed hours. We're no longer like worried Good. about closing. We, we just know that we don't have to ignore other customers now because they're gone. Hmm. Everyone's paid out. It is this man and the tail he is weaving Good. for us. And, and, and frankly, I'm looking at him, and if
1: he says, I'm sorry, guys, do, do you need me to get out of here? I would look at him in his eyes. How long do you need me to be here? I am, I'm, <laughs> where, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul.
2: This is Yeah, don't you even worry about this that. This is
1: literally the origin story of Oren Ishii from Kill Bill. It literally yeah. is. He's Oren Ishii. Instead of his, uh, the daughter being murdered, Oren Ishii's parents are murdered. Do- and she yeah. literally then steals the samurai sword from the Yakuza boss and disembowels him with his own samurai sword. This is literally the Oren Ishii origin story.
2: This is blowing my fucking mind right now. <laughs> Yeah. Save for crazy. the bra- brain tumor. Yeah, which uh, it, to be fair, a, a nice juicy uh, plot twist. Oh that yeah, one. that mm-hmm. like yeah. That, like the there's clock, a ti- there's a there's a time yep. bomb
0: on when I when I uh, perish. Sprinkle that
2: on there. Um, yeah,
0: and yeah, nothing left to lose, so man. So,
1: did he
2: give you an idea like what is the next step of his plan? So, it it was the the phrase he kept using was track down the killer. Like it is time to track him down. Um, eventually. He got to the point where I wouldn't serve him any more sake because it was just irresponsible to do that. He he ate a lot and he paid his bill. Um but eventually he's like, you know, it's it's time for me to depart. And that's the word he used a couple of times. Depart. And I mean this is fucking Oh, uh, dude, the math math is hard. This is fifteen this is 14 years ago. And I'm just like, I, I will never forget this man. Um, And he walks into the night He just, at one point, he just stands up and walks away And it just like, we all kind of looked around at each other And we're like, this is not the time to say something Like, let the man have his, like, silent exit Of out course, of the building.
0: absolutely
2: But, the interesting part was We go back, now we have to close the restaurant The interesting part Yeah, the interesting part is we have to close it He left his cane What? No So. No way. So he leaves his cane. My bartender, we have not picked it up yet. We, it was kind of one of those moments where we're all like, it's kind of like a bomb, and we're all just like, it's this is the this is the tool by which he extracts his vengeance. <laughs> he like I may have just like flowered that up slightly, but like this is what he said. So my bartender's like, "Fuck you." He was my customer. That's my that's my cane, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. This might actually be a murder weapon. One and two. <laughs> let's actually look at this the only way if this sort of florida man story could end is that cane was a $4 halloween prop with a shitty like grim reaper plastic scythe as the handle with shitty costume blood on it and i mean i could have i could literally have snapped that cane in my hands no problems asked so we had this wonderful story It's this a lie. riveting tale at, at uh, what like yes he you already pointed out that he literally had the oren ishi story and the guy presumably was some whacked out bath salt eating florida man who's off his meds who came in spent 150 dollars on sushi and wandered off into Gainesville <laughs> wow. like
1: i don't even think he's on bath salts i think he does this for fun and, yes. I, and, and I And mean, I want to start doing this for fun. I'm over here vigorously searching Florida man uh, uh Avengers. <laughs> I could I I I could see you typing
2: stuff and I was curious. I was like, what's what's Florida God right Man Avenge's
1: daughter's murder by uh murdering a killer with samurai sword.
2: That's what I have typed in right now. This is incredible. And, and the, the thing is, is like we we are experts in bullshit and we are really used to people saying some nonsense and just rolling with it. I swear this man meant what he said. Yeah. Like, like the, the absolute sincerity on his face is the thing that makes this, this memory so vivid wow. is you could tell that he, he lost someone or he felt that he lost someone and he felt someone took that person from him and he is some kind of way about it. And I mean, he—I mean—he enchanted my staff for almost two and a half, Incredible. two hours, two and a half hours, however long he was there, and then just disappeared in the night, never to be seen again. Never came back. Wow!
1: Incredible. Incredible. Not even
2: for the uh, the tool by which he extracts vengeance. <laughs> now I, I have to
1: say, if you're going to tell a deeply personal, heart wrenching lie to a group of bartenders and convince them of the tr- uh, of the genuine uh, foundation of that story. Done over sake is a good play because you can always do that. You you build it to you have them hanging on a thread and then you pause. You take a vigorous sip of yeah. your sake and you slam that little cup on the table. <laughs> and then you go, and that's when I knew I had to come to America <laughs> and find my
2: daughter's killer. You know, it's the perfect drink to really sell oh, a yeah. lot.
1: To, uh, frankly
2: yeah because you could pu- it has no kickback like yeah you can absolutely just really dramatic oh, slow the, the pour, tiny shoot it back,
1: and the little cup yeah. you know it's so yeah, oh, yeah it's 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 so uh entrancing in its own way so
2: wow what a story oh my yep, god that was a
1: good one you had us too
2: yeah. You, had, yeah, you, had, <laughs> you yeah you did yeah, yeah. and it's and just secret, like man I want, I wanted so badly for any part of that to be true, but, I mean, obviously, we – I mean, you know, that that long ago, the, the search engines are not the I'm same. I'm still not – conv- We had no way to verify it. I'm still
1: not convinced it's not true, and that was just not a prop to throw off his trail. Like, oh. if I came yeah. from Japan to avenge my daughter's killer oh. – Oh, you know you maybe. know who are really good oh, witnesses for my uh, case? A bunch of bartenders are like, ah, a bunch of bartenders. he's an old kook. It was a plastic sword, and really the real sword is out in his car, and he already knows where the
2: killer yeah. is. You know what I mean?
1: It's, <laughs> uh, oh, and he's ready. Uh,
2: you know, he had the perfect cover. If that's true, it deep in my soul, I want that to yes. be the case. <laughs> All right, we're going to say that's
1: a fact, and we're going to move on. Um, question number seven. Man, you shut down that category. What an unbelievable job. Question seven fights arrests and fires um the pyro in me loves this category
2: all right so i have a little bit uh, i i have deep experience at number seven number seven was where i was really going to get you guys um so i'm gonna start off with a question for you guys um bartending people um how long do you think the average bar fight lasts it's
0: a good question
2: like if you had to say start to ball, start to finish, 30 seconds. That is an excellent answer. And that is the answer from somebody who's been in in bars. Because people are like, I don't know, like four minutes. Four minutes is an eternity. <laughs> 30 seconds is about right. You push, somebody swings, then you get separated. It's, an, it's normally a sloppy affair. 30 seconds is an excellent guess. That's usually my answer. The only answer. time they go
1: long is when you're at a place that does not have bouncing staff. Like, for example, the longest bar fight I've ever seen was at an Applebee's. Because they don't. Out of curiosity,
2: how long was that bar fight?
1: Oh, it spilled out into the street. So in the bar, I'd say a solid three, solid three minutes. One of the managers got knocked out, so there was no order, and then it just kind of. Eating got... good in the neighborhood, bitch. Yeah. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Two for ten? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I call these my two, two for, for ten. 20, hey, yeah, two <laughs> yeah. For ten. <laughs> yeah,
2: buy one, get one appetizers, baby. Um, so this is a story Boss-holded. that John intentionally <laughs> didn't tell you um, from when we worked together at the Social at Midtown. Um, this is a game day. Um, this is the Texas A&M UF game in 2018. Um, this fight... Lasted. We went back to the videos to see it. This was mayhem. Nine and a half minutes. Wow. It started with three guys. Someone said something. Someone got knocked over. Someone started kicking some dude on the ground. Someone saw the dude kicking the dude. Punched that guy. All of a sudden, it's crazy. There's so the the downstairs of this bar turns into a dance floor. There's a ton of open space, a bunch of tables that all get cleared out, and you open up this dance floor after like 10 p.m. um So we're pers- there's probably two or three hundred people in this area. This is the place that holds like 24, 2500 people that, that John worked at. Um, that's two blocks from the swamp um, in Gainesville, and it's like it's like twisters were spawning off of a hurricane that if you watched it, there were different fights spawning as like little outcropping cells from the original thing. My staff, the dirty secret to bars like that is the bouncers are always outnumbered like a hundred to one. If I had 2000 people on a game day, if I had 50 bouncers working at the same time, I was lucky. So, You can only control a staff so much We got to the point Where I'm standing at a door I've had my shirt ripped down the middle Um, Someone spit blood on me I'm grabbing people By the collars And asking them easy way, hard way Because I'm standing at the door And they go easy way I'm like cool, out the door And I grab someone I'm like easy way, hard way And he's like fuck you man I'm like okay Literally (laughs) chucking him into an open, like, stairwell, like, launching people out of the thing. The Gainesville Riot Squad shows up. It is bananas. I've never seen a bar that big get closed early on a game day Saturday. Wow. On a fight um,
1: alone, too. Like, maybe on, on, maybe on, yeah, on, of f- maybe somebody gets stabbed, right? Like, I've seen some big bars get shut down because some, some asshole's in there with a box cutter in his sock and, and, you know, out for out – for, you know, to avenge his daughter's killer or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but no, just a regular old, you know, fist fighting shit, kicking
2: brawl. Just brawl. doggery Um Wow. Pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, I have had knives pulled on me and uh, the nightclubs I was at. Um, the cop showed up because I broke a guy's arm. You broke a like guy's just... arm. I, I broke his arm. Right, tell, uh, I want
0: to hear a little bit more about that.
2: <laughs> the guy's very drunk. And I, I will say with pride that 17 years in the service industry, I have never punched a guest. Ever. I've never swung at a guest. Um, guy's got a knife, and we're kicking him out because he's too intoxicated. And he pulls a knife and goes, you don't want to do that. And, like, spoilers to all of you would-be fighters in a bar – one, I have you outnumbered. If it's a one-on-one situation, I have an army of gorillas that work for me 2 I'm sober and you're not. That's a really bad oh, yeah. mixture for your uh, longevity in this. So he holds his arm out in a really dumb way. And I just grab it and crank it behind his arm. You know, I'll just put him in a really standard arm bar. I've got, a, I've got his have got a shoulder locked down. I've got his arm. And I told him, I will let you go when the knife hits the floor. Fuck you, man. He says some really inappropriate things about my would-be girlfriend or mom or whomever. And I just keep spitting his wrist. And I'm just like, I will let you go when I hear the knife hit the ground. And he's not about it. And I just hard cranked it, just absolutely just sheared his wrist into pieces. Oh my god. Knife hits the ground. I let him go. We we throw him outside. We um it's downtown Gainesville. There are cops everywhere. This guy is going, like, the cops are going to show up any minute. And they come in, and they're like, Brandon, we heard you broke a guy's arm. I'm like, yep. And you look at them, and you're was... like,
1: "I all he had to do was say, I like crepes.
2: Well, he, exactly. It's just no, like really don't thin you pancakes. Say it. Really thin pancakes. Don't, don't you, you know what? I, I eat that shit all the time. It's great. <laughs> um, But he had gone to the cops, and he left out the part where he had a deadly weapon and instead just said this asshole at the nightclub so, so they were Oh ahead.
0: so he so he went to the cops
2: Yeah oh, oh he this went guy to the is cops.
0: all kinds of stupid
2: They showed up one I'm on camera you did it right in the middle of my main bar two um I have evidence I have your knife I kept it and like I had like this is when uh, like the the Chronicles of Riddick had just come out, so I was like, "You keep what you kill," and I was just like, "This is my knife. I earned this. I took <laughs> it from him." And they're like, "They're like, no, that's evidence. And also, if you keep it, that's theft. Like that actually belongs to him." I'm like, "No, no, finders keepers." <laughs> Spoils and of like, war, man.
0: Come on. Yeah, they're
2: like. Brandon finders keepers is not legal precedent. You can't like, this doesn't, you don't get salvage rights on his switchblade? blade. And, um, and to be fair, it was a beautiful knife. Um, and I re- did, I really wanted it to like go along with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, that was one of the more memorable ones. One. And the other yeah. one for my, for my, uh, high level bartenders out there, because the, the fires is the one that really got me. Um, one of the cocktails at my bar in Denver was a blue blazer. And for those of you not familiar, it's a super overproof spirit um, with some sort of fruit or other sort of liqueur at a lower boil that has a lower burning point, lower uh, alcohol content. So you put it into what's essentially two giant stainless steel mugs and you light it on fire and you drop it from one mug into the other. And you can do this really beautiful cascade effect That the liquid is on fire the entire time So it's a really showy drink Beautiful Um, It's a very very uh, Famous old school cocktail Um, But the uh, Idea is uh, That the higher proof Spirit will Burn um, But the lower ABV uh, Whatever Liqueur or cordial you're using Um won't. So it's basically infusing the higher uh, ABV spirit with the flavor of uh, with whatever you've put into it. I've done it a thousand times. It was on the bar menu of this bar. I could do it with my eyes closed. And if you pour a little bit of that liquid on your hand when you're doing it, it burns off of your skin. It's like putting lighter food on your hand and lighting it on fire. Mm. It will burn off of your skin before it hurts you. So... You know, you can have these really great conversations, and you can do it. And you can be really showy and flirt with the girls while you've got the fire. And they're like, "Oh, he's crazy." Um, for some for some reason, this one particular day, I spill a little bit on my hand, and I don't even think about it because I've done it a thousand times. I catch my entire arm up to my elbow on fire. I am I am literally flaming on my arm. I am so dumbfounded by this i just stop in the middle i drop one of them i light my well on (laughs) and i'm just and i'm just looking at my arm wondering how could i have caught my arm on fire i have literally made a thousand blue blazers what is happening right here and my my co-worker comes over with a bar towel and pats it off and you know we get rid of the fire and she does everything appropriately. God Good bless. Right God there. bless Abby. That that was my work wifey in Denver. I was gonna say And she took care of me. I was
1: gonna say the way the story was going, I'm surprised Larry Moe and Curly didn't come out of the kitchen and just like yeah. pie you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> until the fire like, went out or something
2: like that. And I just I could like to this day, I couldn't tell you what happened on my skin that everything lit on fire. Because you could literally pour it on your hand and it would extinguish itself. But it wasn't going instantly. Out. But it didn't go out. I wonder if it was like I'm just looking at the hair on your arm. Maybe, and I mean, but the thing is, is I don't have hair on my arm because I have tattoos and I keep it shaved. Interesting. And so, like, and so I don't. I I have no. Hmm. I still don't have a good reason for it. I assume that maybe I was prepping and there was some sort of like syrup or sugar that like had a thin layer and the sugar ignited or something. It definitely wasn't hairspray. We know that it it was not hairspray. I have a question. Did you
1: cut citrus that day?
2: Uh, almost certainly,
1: yeah, because you know, um, obviously, citrus di- zest super flammable. Oh yeah, so maybe if you cut a ton of citrus, you know, you had it on. Uh, I love
0: the theories. Keep them coming. Steve. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I'm
2: just but, I'm trying to come. I, up I with mean, it. yeah, and I mean, and that's as good a theory as what anything happened else, is you you like,
0: rolled a natural one. Were you on eating that. a lot of yeah. cashews? Blue is I, what you did? I
2: I yeah, cashews. Uh, not certainly. Oh well, no, that's we cashews. did have a lot of cashews. Cause we made our own orjat too. And pistachios, yeah. I mean, we, we used a bunch of different uh, nuts for our uh, cordials and infusions. But, man, yeah, I Natty won that one. My performance check failed. My dexterity <laughs> check failed. My Just everything. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? And then the guests went back and were like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just upset because I don't. I just don't know what I'm happened. I'm better than I this. Mean, I'm better than this. I am, be- I am better than that. I'm a, I'm a fucking professional. What did I just do? Um. But that was, I mean, the guests got their drink. They enjoyed it. They have a six story to tell. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no doubt. And I, I, as soon as I saw fights, yep, arrests, I mean, no... Never, I, never, not not guilty by way of self-defense for me, but the fires was a
0: fun that, one. no. That's great. Like I've, we've we've had like oh I broke some ice in the well. Not oops I set my well on fire. <laughs> so oh, yeah,
2: I, I I dropped that Jerry Thomas special right down and just napalm the floor. Yeah, that's, it was nice.
0: Like, that's nice. That's um, nice. All right, Mike, team up for number eight. Oh man, it's getting hot in here. That was Ooh. that was that was, a, that was a good one. Good good number seven there. So, yeah, number eight, let's keep it going. So now we're getting into the sex stories, what Steve likes to call. The sexy Lexi. The sexy Lexi, that's right. Give it to us. We know you've got it.
2: So the the one that comes to mind, the first uh, just primary one, um, random dude at my nightclub. You know, if, if you ever work in a nightclub, you have to kind of do perimeter checks. You got to kind of walk around. People are drunk. People are stupid. They're college kids. If a door is open, they'll go in it. Um, If it's breakable, they'll break it. If it's movable, they'll steal it. So you just got to kind of keep your eyes out. One of the places where we had to look um, was my AC closet, the air handler room for my upstairs nightclub, because, I mean, that room gets fucking hot. You got to crank that AC down to 60 to even be manageable with 400 people dancing at the same time. I pulled the same dude... Out of the AC closet three times in one night. Each time I pulled him out, he was fucking a different girl Man. on my
0: air handler. Hot damn, three.
2: And at the third time, I was just like, "Bro, you obviously have the skills to have sex. Go no. somewhere else." <laughs> no, you're at sea now. I'm Stop. Sorry. I'm going to ar- I'm going to arrest I'm you. Sorry. Like, get the fuck out of my air handler. We have
1: been we have been copacetic, dare I say, uh, one minded you and I. today. Wait, are you yeah.
0: saying now we're getting ready for some juxtaposition? That's
2: right. <laughs> back. Here we go. Pushing back. The dichotomy okay. of Stephen Brandon. If, begins. If
1: I find the same person fucking his third different or fucking his or her third different partner. All right. In my bar in one evening, I'm going to look at them. And I'm just going to say, how (laughs) teach me or come on my podcast. We need to write this book. Yeah. Yeah, Let's (laughs) talk.
2: Um, And I mean, being a bartender, you you get some really, I mean, you see some things, you you learn some things to say, but I mean, let's be real in a college town, a few drinks, a good smile. Not that hard. (laughs) Not, not that difficult. Truly not that difficult. But like. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my my uh, plenty hard, plenty hard, my, just not that difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my <Jeez>. super, <laughs> my uh, my security, my hospitality staff was a bunch of frat boys. Um, so they were like kind of high five them, but also like, <laughs> I was, bro, I will literally pick you up and carry you out yep. if we have to pull you out of a restricted area again. or another woman <laughs> <laughs> or another woman. If I have um, to pull you out of one more person tonight, <laughs> god damn it. So. The other fun part about that is we were the nicest nightclub in town and truly at that point, probably the only real nightclub in town. So we would have, um, the sorority and fraternity socials, um, would rent out the space for their parties. Um, and sometimes you had overlap where the frat is the same frat as the people who work for me. And when you get caught fucking in the bathroom, you know, you got to kind of, You know, it it is technically illegal. You cannot Mm -hmm. actually fuck in someone's bathroom. So you got to go clear him out. So there's always there's a there's a coin flip on how the guy wants to proceed. Does he want to bust the balls of his younger frat brother or is he too afraid to be the, the the bad cop for a frat brother? And does he have to send somebody else? So we have a number of times where you go something where you you have somebody walk into the bathroom and politely knock and like, hey, guys, you can't really do this. We know that's a private event, but chill out. We had one guy walk in and he could tell based on the uh, foot positions um, that he could and did successfully reach under the stall, grab the guy's ankle, pull him to the ground and yank him out pants around his ankle what? and dragged him by his foot into the bathroom because it was his frat brother and he was like he's like i know who that is i'm gonna go get him reaches under the stall just absolutely ass to tile drags him out into the thing where there are fi- oh, man ass to tile there are five of us Standing in the bathroom because we have to have the door open and we have to make sure that we're doing everything by the book. So should there be some sort of weird lawsuit or something, we're covered. We have witnesses. We have everything. So there are five of us just going like, what's up? And the guy's just like furiously trying to like grab his khakis or whatever and, his you know, buckle his thing. And then all (laughs) of a sudden we're so caught up in the fact of this half naked man is on the floor in front of us. All of a sudden you hear the click. Of the stall Forget The girl has to come out too She's she's still in there She just watched this guy Get vacuum sucked out
0: of the stall Like Freddy Krueger came for him Yeah just just pure
2: nightmare fuel yes. Her, she's, she's having sex He is gone There are lots of voices And then she's got a like Walk of shame is what we call it I'm not here to slut shame I don't really love the phrase But it is that thing where You've been caught And now you have to Exit the vicinity. Absolutely. In the view of a yeah, lot of. People.
0: In any situation that there is that there is a walk of shame in that situation because it's like you said it's illegal. You know you're not supposed to be doing it, so you're like ah you got me. And you gotta you gotta face to the music at that point. Run time. her own gauntlet. <laughs> That's exactly. That is great. Those that is incredible. Those incredible. were those were some good ones.
1: Hey, nice dick, buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> you, yeah. I just I, I feel like it would be so hard for him to like sleep with that girl again after that. Oh no, like, no,
1: the, Michael. You've got it all wrong. She never had sex ever again after that. (laughs) The general trauma. I mean, come on. The the last time someone saw me naked, he disappeared in front of me. You think I would let a man enter me after that? Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, my God. I would need years of therapy for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Christ almighty. All right. Number nine, bar hazing pranks and games. You know, things like ripping your frat brothers out from under stalls when they're, you know, having coitus. Um, Just tell us what you're doing to pass the time, right? The things that you do to keep morale high and a smile on everybody's face. This is actually Mike and I's favorite category because we like to dick around.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, yeah. So that particular nightclub, Sharab Nightclub, Gainesville, um, was the longest-running icing war... I've ever had, I've ever been a part of. So, for those who are uninitiated, if you can present someone a Smirnoff Ice, Mm. uh, and under any context, you are required to get on one knee and chug that motherfucker on the spot. Is it cold? Is it hot? It doesn't matter. If you got iced, you're drinking it. Now, we had a caveat in this club. I don't know if other people do this or not. Um, If you can produce... An ice off of your person mm. when you are presented one, you counter, and they have to drink both.
0: Oh. Yes. So,
2: 100%. We do the same rule. So we we had things where, like, so you would have to check the filter under the air handler at the end of the night to make sure that nothing's clogging up. Oh, you know the water's draining properly. So you'd reach in like there and, like, move something, something around. Something you'd move like a that. bucket, <laughs> and there's – and there's an ice in there, and all of a sudden someone's behind you, like drink it, bitch, <laughs> or like, hey, someone wants to buy a shirt, can you grab that off the shelf? As soon as you move the the women's medium off the shelf, there's an ice These booby on traps, the thing. man, all around. Drink it, bitch. It. Um, <laughs> so the best icing thing. So this went, this got intense because we decided that a mini shooter of Smirnoff ice would count for the effects of countering, um, but it had to be on your person. Oh, so we yeah. had a night where we ran an event during the day and we were closed at night. So we went to a local pool hall. All the bartenders and hospitality and everyone who's there went to this pool hall to play some pool and just shoot the shit on a night off. Well, we have put an ice into one of the pockets oh, and we have insane. one of the managers um racking up for the next thing. He reaches down and grabs a thing. This person tremendously difficult to ice. He's very good at it. He's very like he, this man knows how could he possibly be prepared in this moment? His bag isn't here. He doesn't have any things. We literally walked from the club to the pool hall. It was two blocks. This dude jumps up on the pool table, undoes his belt, drops his pants, pulls a full Full bottle of ice that has been duct taped to his no. inner thigh for hours. I swear to God, I swear to God, he has his pants around his ankles. He pulls a body heat <laughs> full thing, just just swamp ass yeah. hot ice. ice with a salt hands rim. it to the guy. And for anybody who's listening in Gainesville, his name is Lawrence Triolo. Wow. If you're listening to this, shout out to Lawrence. Lawrence shout the out. fucking Chris-
1: legend, Triolo. <laughs>
2: Chris Dugosh was my hospitality guy who thought he got Lawrence. Lawrence dropped his pants. He's in his boxers on a pool table at Palomino's in Gainesville. Pulls this thing off and goes, looks like you need to drink, bitch. He got down on one knee and never pulled his pants up. Is standing like Superman, watching him drink both of these Smirnoffs um, and just... I just wow, legendary. Which
0: which one did the guy drink first?
2: Uh, his the the not hot one, which I think it was a mistake. No, you, you want to go, hot, go with the hot, want hot one. To go hot and then yeah, You gotta go you gotta hot gotta first. Go yeah. first for sure. Um,
1: that's yeah. uh, so that was that big is one. the most creative one I've ever heard. I thought I had a, a creative one once, but uh, man, I just want to know
0: how long did he walk around with a Smirnoff ice duct tape to his leg before so, that opportunity presented itself.
2: So we asked him about that and he was all he was playing really cool. You got about to it. You but got like, to. But based on but based on that day, from what we saw, the minimum, the minimum amount of time was two hours. Oh my
0: god. That is incredible. Because he was
2: he was in plain view for two hours. There's no world where he did that in front of us. And we can didn't I tell see you something? It. That that's so. some
1: shit Nick Gann would do. One hundred percent. That's got Nick Gann written all over it. He would he would dedicate you know what he would do? Nick Gant's the type of person that would lay in wait to fuck with you. He, I mean, if he has to sleep in, one, what do they call them, the gunny suits? Those little, like— uh, Gilly suits. Gilly suits. Gilly he suits? would sit in a ghillie suit in your backyard for a week if that's what it took, you know? Um, oh, now, yeah. That's an unbelievably creative one. I'm not going to follow it up with anything good. But the most creative one I'd ever seen, uh, we had a work party once, and uh, we, 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 similar to Lawrence, had— um, one of our co-owners who was also a manager, you could never get him. He was the best at icing people. Could never get him, never get him, never get him. And so we all put our uh, collective brain power together. And uh, we were like, okay, we got to, got to get this guy one time. It's our big Christmas party. It's kind of the big drinking event of the year. We knew he was already pretty sauced. And word around town was it might have, you know, a little crush here and there for somebody else on the staff. So... Sure. We uh, as the as the story goes, um, we have that staff member put in ice in her hoodie hood. Right. And then say, hey, I'm leaving. See you guys. Bye. Everybody goes up to him to give him a hug. And then when she pulls away from the hug, she's like, did you just put something in my hoodie? And he's like, "What? No!" And she's like, "There's definitely something in there." And like, turns Aww. around and he peeks in there, and there's an ice. And it was the first time we ever got him. So nice, yeah. use the
0: lady to sneak it in very there, very proud like of that. that. But um,
1: Trojan horse, absolutely. Baby. Yep. Watch oh, out, big time Trojan horse. But my God, Lawrence, and I, 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 the way you described it, the feeling of jumping onto a pool table to stand up there and be like, yes. drink my fucking." Legs sm- hot legs <laughs> smeared off, you bitch. That just like wow. Yeah, the power. Just the power that yeah. would feel. Oh my god. Oh uh, he king of the moment for incredible. sure. Incredible. Um incredible. That
2: same bar had a uh we had a, a game where we would call it the oopsidos, where you know, you do safety meetings, you know, you take a little round of shots for people. Normally they're a little lower ABV, but we always had always quote unquote. Um, we had, like, a liquid overdose or some insanely overproof shot built in one of the shakers, so we would, we would pour out a bunch of shots for the barbacks and the bartenders or whatever, and uh, the trick was to try and oops someone, was to slip them an overproof shot when they weren't prepared for it. And uh, it, it kind of became a war because you have to start smelling stuff, and then you have to be weird about your your drinks. Like, like bitch is a safety meeting. Take your shot, and you're just like, oh, that was 120. Proof. Like, like that one burned the whole way down. And once you once you dose somebody
0: once, um,
2: it becomes much easier to oops-a-dose them again. Oh
0: yeah, that's a yeah. yeah. That's, that's the funny thing about those kind of pranks is you're setting them up for an interesting evening after that. You know.
2: Oh yeah. Especially, yeah, if you started opening, that guy's getting rocked yeah. by closing. Everybody
1: yeah. say hi to Nala, guys. <laughs> hey,
2: Nala.
0: Good pooch.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, she's been such a good dog. She's just protecting the homestead here. Um, but uh, yeah. that is an un- there's some unbelievable. Yeah, from your ass. Okay. All right. That's that's <laughs> what she's protecting the homestead from. All right. Unbelievable <laughs> stories. I hate to usher us into the next category, but we got to keep it moving. You have made it through the gauntlet, my friend. Here is your final, final question before we take it home. Question number 10, firing and quitting stories, as we affectionately call this category, Mike.
0: Oh, getting 86 Damn
2: straight. So, I mean, for this long in the service industry, I've seen people get fired and quit in a thousand different ways. Um, The bar that we worked at with John, um, the manager who was – difficult to work with at times had one of the best ways of describing firing someone. Um, and I saw it in action. He called over a bartender who was truly bad at their job. Uh, they were a risk. They were not good at what they did. And he said, Hey, I just want to let you know that, um, you're going to get a promotion. And the other managers and I are, we're all looking around. Like we, we just had a meeting about how awful this person was. He's getting a promotion and go like, yeah, we are promoting you to customer. Oh yes, no one gets treated better than customers in our building. <laughs> uh, you are no longer an employee, and I'm just like, holy shit! You just okie doke that guy in a very unnecessary way. Like he knows that he was bad at his job. He knows that he's awful. But like, yikes! That's Bravo. incredible.
0: <laughs> And I think we, yeah, we've heard that promoting you to customer before, which I just, I love, I love that about the service industry. It's like you said, killing them with kindness. Kindness, it's so pervasive that it's like, we're going to tell you to fuck off, but we're going to do it in the most professional, smiling way that we possibly can. That's incredible.
1: It's also like, uh, you know, you don't get joy in firing everyone, but there are those people. That you're yeah. you're really excited to promote to customer, and, and and then there are some that you really hope that you promote them to ex uh, customer. You know, not only do you yeah, not work I mean, here,
2: and you get eighty six twice. Yeah, not
1: only do you not work here, please also do not frequent this establishment.
2: Yeah, so I mean, we've had I've had people throw drinks at owners and managers, and people just walk out mid shift, and just I mean. No, I mean, one person tried to fight the staff on his way out nice. and it's like, that's, I, I mean, it, this is not a good look. Just, I mean, it sucks to lose your job and you may not like the circumstances, but like fighting people isn't going to get it back. You don't get to demand your job back. It's not like that's going to do you any there good. There
1: are some rare occasions um, where you can earn it back and maybe you can reverse this brawling with the, with the person that just fired you or their staff is not going to make that happen. That is not the secret sauce. Um, man, you have absolutely maneuvered this gauntlet in, you know, just the, with great ease, conviction and, and some incredible stories, man. We, and I sincerely say this, I joke around and say this hyperbolically a lot of episodes. We laughed, we cried, um, my jaw hit the floor, but it actually really did. Every one of those. Unbelievable, Brandon, some of these stories. Thank you for sharing. Um. Yeah, of course. Uh, now that we are done with the gauntlet, we do like to kind of finish up with a little cleanup section. We call it How's Our Driving. Um, this is where you get to shine, man. It's your show. Give us some reviews or recommendations. Obviously, I want you to plug bartenders, tell the people where they can find the show and, and really, you know, why they should listen. But we want recommendations on food, drink, restaurants, um, uh, that you love or even a bartender that could be on the show.
0: We definitely, we definitely want you to shout out. I know, uh, John hooked us up with the bards, uh, which are another group of people that you guys uh, collaborate with through your podcast. Um, they're all available on bartender.com. You can check out their bards. We're going to be one of the bards. And John was not happy about the picture that I requested to use. Unfortunately, (laughs) did you get to, I'll send you the picture. Well, we're with Steve and I'll put it up. Um, but yeah, so, um, lost my train of thought there. Um,
2: but the bards recommendations yes we definitely thank you we
0: definitely want i I still have not slept people by the way so please excuse me here Mm -hmm. um definitely want a recommendation of a another bartender that you would like to see on the show
2: yeah um so absolutely come listen to bard tenders b-a-r-d-t-e-n-d-e-r-s on all of your uh uh, podcast streaming networks. They
0: put the D in bartenders. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe he said that.
2: He's, we've, that's been a running joke that we've never said out loud. And he, he the first time he dropped it publicly was on a podcast. And I was like, all right, John, here we go. Um, um, it's just much like you guys, we're just people who need a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And truly, uh, I mean, I'm going to partially answer a question that you have coming up. And social interaction is why we do what we do. Mm. Um, getting to in, like interact with people and getting the gratification of interacting with other humans is why we still do what we do. And you guys like to tell stories and get stories out of people. Um, we are narratively creating our own story in Bartenders with a little bit of influence through dice checks and whatever Dale tends to throw at us. But we're just people in the industry who need a chance to have an outlet. Um, and bring some attention to some social issues and the, the the darker side of what we do that the average human isn't aware of. Um, as far as bartenders, um, both of – I luckily had two work wives in Denver. Um, both Rosie and Abby um, were bartenders at uh, the Tatarian um, where I really became a talented bartender, truly responsible for – uh, the skills and the the knowledge base that I have working at a bar where everybody is smarter than you, um you either become better or you fail. um So either either one of those two lovely ladies would have wonderful stories to tell awesome. you, um and I I would love to listen to their episodes and the stories they have to tell. The, gaunt, um, the
0: gauntlet has been thrown down, and they are yeah. graciously invited to be a part of the show. Absolutely, yeah.
2: I, I want to hear Abby's side of watching me light myself on fire (laughs) Um, because that's a, that's a, would be an interesting one that we haven't really talked about in a while. Um, As far as food and drinks and restaurants, if you're in St. Augustine, um, my personal favorite place to go was a little Peruvian spot called Llama. Um, Marco's doing an awesome job. It's authentic uh, uh, Peruvian cuisine. He jumps in the kitchen with his mom and Oh yeah. Uh, if if you, my last meal right now would be Lomo Saltado, um, and just, uh, marinated Peruvian, uh, flank steak. And it's just, it's too good. Um, as far as drinks, um, I love the ice plant. John and I worked together there. Um, you know, we had to leave for, uh, differences with ownership, but as far as quality and atmosphere is a place that I still regularly go. Um, and yeah, just just thanks for letting us uh, have. Uh, I guess we should shout out Chandler right here too Absolutely. Um, for for bringing this all together. Absolutely, um, this was a this was a awesome little thing to you know do a little cross branding, cross promotion, mm-hmm. and uh, I can tell you with the last couple of meetings I've had with John and Dale, um, we got we got some shit for you guys. Oh, um, oh, my God. When you when you oh, when you when you step in when you step into our world, we uh oh, we, we we uh we we, we actually have an an action plan for a uh, sequence of events um that the the at, the working plan right now is uh you two and Chandler um are No, no, save it. Don't uh, tell us. Don't tell us. No. Uh, no, no give no, me no, give no, me no. a little bit. You're, give me
0: a shut up, Steve.
2: <laughs> you three are the players and Dale has created the world for you and what happens after that is uh it's kind of up to you guys, right? I can, but um, but we, we want specifically Chandler and you two to be the main PCs in the room, and then what what happens happens. Oh,
0: I can't I cannot wait to come and play some D and D with you guys. Like I've been dungeon I've been doing the DMing for a group, which is a lot of fun. But like I've been wanting to come and just play and just not have that responsibility. I already have my character d- designed. I'm ready to go, man. I've already have my sheet built in D and D Beyond. I'm ready to rock and roll.
1: I can tell you one thing that's going to happen for a fact. No matter what the cramble. details are, my character will double-fist titty glasses.
2: You can <laughs> oh, bet your done. sweet Easy. ass on that one. Easy. Coops for coops days. Coops for days, baby. Coops for days. <laughs> coops for days. You know, there's a there's a particular puzzle set up that we could incorporate a whole bunch of coops. Let's do it. Real Let's easily. make it happen. Uh, All right. We, we we have been having some fun. We're, we're ready for awesome. Can't we're wait, Brandon. We're excited.
0: Yeah, we're excited to be a part of that. You
2: have been
1: absolutely incredible, my friend. And I got to say, what an absolute cap to a wonderful collaboration here on the show, Mm
0: -hmm. Dale,
1: Scott, John. Thank you guys. Uh, Brandon, thank you for closing it down in a really wonderful way as we send you out. um, I just want to ask you two more questions and, and I, I'm really excited to hear your answer on the first. You teased it a bit. Um, I, I just can tell how much love you have for this industry and for this profession. So, We always like to ask our guests, why do you still do this?
0: AKA why do you fucking hate yourself?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it's true. Uh, anybody who still does this after the pandemic, um, is truly self-loathing and also has a really big reason to be here. Um, I've never had a job where I could get the immediate gratification of knowing that I made someone's day better. Um, One of my love languages is food and drink. Um, Making a homemade meal, making a cocktail from scratch to honor somebody is kind of what I do. And the ability to listen to someone say some words to try and describe something in their brain and be able to magically put that drink into a glass and hand it back to them and watch their face go. How the fuck did you take seven weird adjectives and create the exact (laughs) drink I was looking for? is nothing short of magic and that is truly what fills my cup up it's what keeps me going is knowing that like this person was having a bad day and i made it better because i gave them a good drink i gave them a good food recommendation or they're having a good day and i just built a better memory with you them cuz we made it you better surprised mm-hmm. them yeah.
1: they were not ready to have a memorable yeah. interaction but you changed the course of their day even if they're having a great one that's what's so fun Exactly what yeah. you're talking about, where somebody throws something out or doesn't even, right? They're the Miller Lite drinker, and that's the night you convince them to just try something different that they fall in love with. I think that that is, yeah, is what's so cool, and when we talk about creativity, that's the true test of a creative bartender. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Final question, my friend. If you opened a bar, what would you call it or what would the theme be?
2: So I have a couple of uh, little black books for different projects, depending on who I worked with. Um, just pick. Let's obviously, pick one. Mom, let's pick one. Let's pick one. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go with the tale and the telling because that's truly the bar that I would have created. As you can tell from how long winded this episode has gone. I love storytelling. And the two key elements to every story is not just the tale, but how you tell it and that was the crux for why we built the world that we did in our podcast because telling a story and connecting with people was the name of the game i love it
1: and and listen i, I, I this episode could have gone 4 hours with the
0: way you told somebody yeah some if we would to let stories, you just keep talking about that sports team you're right yeah yeah, <laughs> oh, God. if I could get my hands on you, you son of a bitch.
1: Yeah. Um, Brandon, thank you. Can't wait to meet you yes, in person, my friend. Thank you so much. I, yeah, you, and yeah I,
0: I can't wait to see you guys interact in the because you guys have such a great. I, I didn't even need to be here I'm gonna, for this whole thing. This <laughs> is incredible. I'm gonna try
2: to. I was told you were gonna drive the episode. I,
0: you started talking about football, and Steve woke right back up. I'm gonna so. try to pick
1: him up. I'm gonna try to pick him up and carry him to a bar, and we're gonna do some shots together. That's the first thing that we're gonna <laughs> yeah. do. I can't wait man have an awesome afternoon guys thank you again the bartenders get on their shit it's an unbelievable story some cool things unfolding and your favorite podcasters Mike Windsor and Steve Haley are going to be making an appearance soon so thank you hell yeah Um, as always guys you're a beautiful audience but fuck off
0: Everyone, thanks for listening along, and as always, thanks for drinking along. We really hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we release new episodes whenever we can. Uh, Big shout out, as always, to our friends over at Trauma Parlor, whose song "Fast One" you heard throughout the show. Go check them out there on Facebook, Spotify. Show them some love.
1: Yeah, Nala's a big, uh, big, big uh, fan of uh, Trauma Parlor. If you can't, yeah, Trauma (laughs) Parlor, let's go. Uh, (laughs) If you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at BRP Drink alone You can listen along on Google Pod, Apple Pod, YouTube, and Spotify, at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. That is what drives us up to the charts. It's the best way to help grow the show, give us some very simple support, and help us reach new listeners, get the show out to more people. The more ratings and reviews we get, the faster we climb up the charts, and Mike and I really need the personal validation.
0: Yeah, well, this is a special occasion because this isn't personal validation for us. Hey, give it up for the bartenders, guys. I mean, they they did such an awesome collaboration. Please, uh, you know, make sure to share their episodes. Go check out bartenders. Yeah, all that. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We plugged it like 17 times in the last three episodes. The truth is we need the validation. I mean, Mike has had to do this (laughs) outro four times because he's falling apart, okay? He's all (laughs)
0: scatterbrained, you know, whatever. Uh,
1: I wouldn't know anything about that.
0: And don't forget, if you're a Spotify listener uh, or user, be sure to check out uh, our BRP playlist. We mentioned one on this pod. Um, uh, They're all on our Spotify profile. Uh, We've got some really cool playlists on there, including the BRP Industry Night playlists, which uh, are all songs chosen by each guest that comes on the show.
1: That's right. And my songs are coming up soon, people. Get ready. Do you want some kick-ass show merch? Of course you do, if you're a cool person. Check out all of our amazing swag, courtesy of Campo Design Co. at prodigydtg.com backslash bartender rant. And if you wanna be, uh shit. If you wanna hang out with Mike and I, join us the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. We're gonna have some drinks, you can meet some fellow barflies, we can listen to the guest bartender playlist. And you can tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting. Make we sure you follow that. us on social media because I will. The idea is that I'll post the links, but that's where you'll get the link to the video chat. So make sure that you're following the social media for that.
0: Yeah. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender and Podcast on Patreon. So, VAPs are always going to have a seat at our bar. You're going to get access to bonus content like the Boilermaker tapes, which hopefully we'll have Brandon back on for one of those. Yes. Uh, Ranch versus Blue Cheese crank calls, special releases, and so much more.
1: And if you want to be one of our big tippers,
0: a.k.a. one of our Bozels, feel free to leave
1: a tip on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we will list you as one of our executive producers and shout out your name and your drink of choice.
0: Right here. Yeah, right here, which we'll, we'll, we're going to go ahead once again. Thank you to Chandler and Herd Card Game for setting this whole collaboration up. It's been so much fun working with all of them, and we're excited for everything that's going to come. So.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Mike and I do this because we love the service industry, and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink
0: along if you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse please contact SAMHSA's national helpline at 1-800-662-help that's 1-800-662-4357 their national helpline is free confidential 24 7 and 365 days a year look we love you guys we really appreciate listening along but more than anything we want you to stick around And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you need just somebody to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast and we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. Thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode.
2: Uh, loosely. Okay, I think we're going to have plenty
1: work. of time. We're going to have plenty of time. But I might have to extend this halftime a little bit longer. It's only going to take about five minutes for me to walk this guy through the apartment and show him everything. Oh um, well, this I'm is going to be sh- great.
0: We can we can put the the outro of you showing the guy the, <laughs> the
1: I'm going to shut my, I'm going to shut my camera off but I'm going to leave the microphone. Yeah, closed. leave it Don't leave, it, it, going, leave it going. going.
3: Very illegal, but it's okay.